Hello, everyone. Eric Hi, here from the Summons from Gallifrey podcast. This is a podcast that focuses on classic Doctor Who so far, quote unquote. And this is a special episode. I've got the end. Uh, I've just wrapped up the first season of this podcast. And this is a recap show where I thought it would be fun to kind of go through all of the episodes that we covered during the season and put them on a tier list that you see on the right. And joining me today is my special guest host, Mr. Colin Legault. Hello, everybody. Hey, Colin. How are you doing today? Peachy. How about yourself? Peachy. Well, that's a good one. I'm doing yeah. ducky. I'll say ducky. Ducky. Great. You, your chair looks awfully familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's my Kevin surprise face? Yeah. Although now they've made a new version, so I don't know if we can even say the old version anymore. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. No, I thought it would be really fun. Uh, we, You and I have talked in the past about uh, doing our own show. And you've got your own kind of uh, interest and stuff with like home automation and all that kind of cool stuff. And you're also a, uh, where we intersect here, of course, is our Doctor Who, our love for Doctor Who. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Have you seen any of these classic episodes before? Uh, Before now? So I've, I've watched all of them, yes. But before that, some of them I had seen, but not all of them. Okay. Okay. So kind of like me, like I've, 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 I know about all of these ones that I did, I covered this season, but there's a few of them that I never actually watched until this podcast. Correct. So, yeah. okay. So you're on the same boat. Okay. I wasn't sure if you like, if you were only following the new series or, um, Oh no, I, I remember getting up early in the morning and like they were on some crazy schedule on the local PBS that I, where I lived. Totally. And so I, you never knew what you were going to get. And, so I, I just took what I could when I could. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, that, it's funny you say that because ours was late at late Saturday nights. Was it was like midnight until like two in the morning, was yeah. when they, when they played Doctor Who here. So um, on PBS. So I, I'm not. Uh, do you, I have no memory. I can't even recall it. I've tried so many times. But do you ever remember the very first Doctor Who episode you've seen? Story episode. I even don't remember the, which episode. I know which Doctor. Okay, which Doctor. It was the fourth doctor. Okay, okay. I th- I think mine was it's going to be either the fourth or the fifth. Yeah. But I again, I can't even really like say that with 100% certainty. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I actually why. attribute a lot of my personality to watching Doctor Who. Okay, okay. <laughs> I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Um okay, cool. So let's see. I'm just going through my show notes. And I th- so, yeah, so I think what we'll do is so um, we've each now that we we've each watched these stories. Well, I did for this episode and you did for well, also this, for this episode. episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. And uh, so I, I I think that maybe we'll just I don't know what order to do these in. Um, I kind of randomized a little bit randomized the order that you see on the screen. Uh, yeah. We don't we don't have to go in the order here. Um, so maybe if if you're not used to if you're not familiar with um, tier rankings, the S tier is usually the top. This is like the supreme level of of episode of story. Sorry, not, I've, I've got to stop saying episode instead of story. So this is like the supreme story level, and C is kind of let's just say not the greatest, the worst. I don't want to say the worst, uh, but we'll say not the greatest. And then we've got the the middle of the pack, the A and B. Which don't count. 
which <laughs> <laughs> now nah, there's there's actually one episode in particular that i really wish we couldn't count <laughs> yeah oh i know i know i i think i know what one you're talking about but yeah we'll, i guess we'll get there yeah um okay so i don't have oh I didn't have my I have my dragon dice, but I didn't have an easy way of showing them on screen. So I don't know if you want to take away the honors and pick the first story that we'll talk about. Let's take um, that one. Okay. You're pointing <laughs> at Trial of a Time Lord. How did you know? <laughs> Magic of the Internet. That's uh, right. Okay, so this is Colin Baker's regeneration story. This was the ultimate foe. Uh, if you recall, this is when they, they tried to do a whole season, all 14 episodes, based around the theme of a trial of a Time Lord. And I, I think in my, in my podcast episode, I mentioned that it was, they, they originally pitched this as a, um, oh, now I'm forgetting the, the thing, the, the Scrooge story, Chris, the Christmas Scrooge story. Christmas. Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, Once Upon a Christmas no. Halloween or something? No, not Halloween. <laughs> the, the one with Scrooge. The, 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 where he, had visits, he gets visited by the three ghosts. Um, so that Ebenezer was, Scrooge, yeah. 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 Christmas I, I, Carol? Yes, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, I was so waiting for you to stick your tongue out so I could read it off the tip of your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of where the, the the creation of that came from which is a really cool idea and and I think they they really tried to nail it but it kind of fell apart uh, for various reasons that I think I covered throughout the story but I'm curious what do you what do you feel about it yeah did you watch the whole 14 part or just the end of it see now I kind of debated up on that and we'll get to survivor when we get to survival uh, I kind of have the same thing so with when they moved to this 14 episodes, they did try to do this as kind of a whole story, but yeah. at the same time, they didn't plan it that way. Uh, like they had it in their heads that way. Eric Sayward seemed to have that in his head that way, and same with John Nathan Turner. But when they threw it to the writers, they kind of just went off in different directions with it. And kind of like the new Star Wars trilogy. Kind of, yeah. It's <laughs> like, what is tying this together? Like there's there's barely anything that's holding it together. And then, of course... The guy that you have writing the first and the last episodes suddenly dies. Yep. When nobody really knows what his <laughs> notes were, right? I mean, they're they're so. Anyways, um, but okay. Long story short, I really went off on a tangent there. Uh, yes, I watched all fourteen way before, but for this podcast, I only watched the last one. Okay. The one that I the one that I covered in the story. How about you? Did you go through the whole season or just this last? I didn't have time to go through the whole season. I, totally. I wanted I want to go back and do it now, but um, yeah. I mean, so Colin Baker, just because we shared the same name, I really wanted to like him. Totally. And uh, it was just barely below a high school production level. Yeah. That was that was the problem for me with it. So um, he started off so well, and and he really had good intentions. And you know, like uh, when he first talked to uh, John Nathan Turner when they first signed him, he was like broadcasting to everyone in every interview that he was going to have a longer run than Tom Baker. Yep. You know, and that was his story that he was going to be like a real. Uh, okay, we won't we won't go too much more into that because there's one other story that we have of him, the first story, which might tie into this. Okay, so enough babbling. Where do you think yeah. where do you think you put it on the list? 
I did having not seen the whole thing of the, the trial of the Time Lord and just judging it off of what I saw in the last the last arc of it, I have to put it at C. C? Yeah. I, I agree with you. Yoink. Yeah. I'm totally with you. Uh, now, just to uh, um, save both of us, we can, of course, readjust these later on once we start okay. filling this A and B. I, that's where the hardest decisions are coming when you, when we fill these A and B ones. Okay. You know, uh, it's interesting that you said that about him broadcasting about how he was going to have a longer run because that's exactly, for me, the downfall of Matt Smith recently. Matt Smith had never seen any of the Doctor Who series ever. So he uh, went out and said, I'm going to be the best doctor there ever was. Right. And but he he was not a fan, had never watched it, had no idea what he was getting into. And that just left a bad taste in my mouth for him. Oh, wow. There you have it. OK, I personally, man, like Matt Smith is one of my favorite doctors, but that's awesome. It, I, I do remember that interview now that you bring that up. I do remember yeah. him saying that. And 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 that came out. Didn't that come out just before his his opening story? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, oh boy, <laughs> what are yep. we getting into? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah. Okay. Now, with that said, I I also uh, complete. Sorry, another tangent, but when he stepped through the um, the basically facade of all of the other doctors' faces that that alien, I don't remember who it was. It was the big eyeball. Yeah. When he stepped through that, as the doctor said, "I'm the doctor." That was probably the coolest entrance totally. of any oh, introduction of a doctor. 10 out of 10, 10 out yeah. of 10. No, that was amazing. That, that, that yeah. gave me chills. That one scene yeah. gave yeah. me chills. Uh, yeah, no, they did an, an amazing job of putting that together. Um, okay. I think I'll go next. Okay. And I'll pick, <laughs> I'll pick Tom Baker's first story, Robot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I guess, you know, um I you know, I really like Tom Baker. Um I think he really brought a lot to the to the role of the doctor. Um of course. I mean I, I think he's one of if you ask any kind of fan, um and even even people who haven't seen the show, they, they are more aware, they probably are more aware of Tom Baker. Uh, just yep. because of the scarf, the iconic scarf, the the um, the curly hair, right? Um, so floppy curly hair, <laughs> floppy curly hair. Uh, you know, like that that whole story was really great up until they showed the robot. I thought, and then it kind of just all went downhill from there, um, and then it became just a King Kong. Right. That's exactly exactly the impression that I got from it when he picked her up, and um, I forget what her name was, Zoe, Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane, that's right, Sarah Jane. Yeah. So when he picked her up and set her up, I'm like, isn't that just completely stealing King Kong at that point? <laughs> yeah. But you know, I I will I will say that out of the out of the opening stories of the of these seven doctors that we're going through, um, I did like it that they weren't like I felt. Um, of course, you know, as we talk about this, we we can't help but bring in some of the other stories. But I felt like with with John Pertwee's first story. Like the whole first episode, it felt like he's in the hospital, like just in a bed, not doing much, right? And right. in this one, um, you know, he's unconscious for a little bit, but then they kind of kick it in right away where he, he just picks up and, you know, he's he's the doctor. Like he doesn't, he doesn't seem to go through much regeneration, 
trauma, sickness, whatever, amnesia, whatever they describe it as, which I think right. is which I think is a good a good point for the story. They just kind of get right into you know we know unit, we know the brigadier, uh, and and that's kind of what pulls us into the story. They use that to pull us into the story right away, and you know we don't we don't spend too much time on you know. Uh, dealing with the doctor, you know, he's changed again, you know, yeah. which, which I think was a, a brilliant move. You know, they, they, everyone there has seen him regenerate. So they, they don't have to waste time with oh, who is he? What, what is he doing here? Where, where's the old doctor? Let's, you know, let's arrest this man. You know what I mean? Right. So, and, and those people, since he had known them and he, they had known him for multiple faces. Y- yeah. It made yeah. the big difference. Yeah. Genius. I agree. Okay. Um, but he, he did rest. If you recall, he he did lay down a lot and take rests like on tabletops, oh, like he would just lay down. That's true. I'm, okay, I'm taking a nap. So he did it to a small extent. Just I, you know, I felt like it was like uh, kind of an homage to doing that in the past. But he, um, and you know, earlier on, they were talking as they were going through re- regenerations about how um, it would get better with time, and so I felt like maybe oh, that okay. was a thing that uh, he just wasn't used to because it was early on regenerations. And then maybe now he was getting more used to the regenerations and that they weren't going to have the same huge effect on the system. Okay. Okay. Hey, I like that. I like that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't interpret it that way when they were talking about that, but that's a good way. That's a good way to put it. And, and as a viewer, we're kind of used to this now. Yeah. And we don't know. Oh, here we go again. You know, another episode and a half of, you know, who's that strange <laughs> person, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so where would you put robot? Okay, so um, one other thing. Do you remember the name of the robot? K1. Oh, that's right. And so then I was when he, when he said that, I'm like, K9. Yeah. Was he the ninth? And then I was wondering if there was some connection later. Hey, that's a good um, one. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I, I, I felt the same way going through, like, once once that robot hit, it was like, that looks like something out of a bad school play also, but yeah. Um, but it was interesting that it was built on uh, principles of a human. Cause that's exactly when we look at artificial intelligence, there's right. a lot of movies and, you know, TV lore nowadays around, well, we need to get a spark of a person in there before we can get um, to right. true artificial intelligence. So it was interesting that this went back that far and doing the same thing. Oh, totally, totally. And and I loved yeah. I loved how like this first first world order type of organization, I think they have maybe a total of 5 members. Right? Like a, there's that scene <laughs> right. where they're all they're all gathered together in the main hall and you know, I mean it's Doctor Who, you have to kind of fill in with your imagination that you can imagine you know in <laughs> when they're writing the script, they're they're inv- envisioning like a giant concert hall with like thousands of people, right? And, right? and they're all cheering, they're all cheering the leader on. And, uh, you know, but all they could afford was like the five extras that were in, you know, the canteen. Right. Kind of thing. So, hey, we need you come in here for this show. So, okay. So I, with my ranking, I put it kind of low. Um, I think I put it lower than you. Uh, I put it as a B, I think. Okay. Let's start with a B. I could go with that. I'm either A or B on that for what we just talked about. So, okay, cool. Your turn. Uh, all right. Oh, unless you have something else to say about Well, I, I was just going to say, I also thought it was very interesting because I never, like the twist plot of the the creator of the robot actually being a part of, never, ever occurred to me. They did a really good job. They did. 
Kettleman. Yeah, yep. they did. Yep. They they did a. You're right. They did do a good job of that. Um, how about we start at the beginning with this one? We'll go back to the uh, earthly child. Okay, cool. An unearthly child. Yeah. Unearthly oh. child. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The one. The one that started it all. Um. And I, I, I think we, we, maybe there's a curve that people put it on because of that, because it's the first one, yep. you know, and, and they had no idea how to run the show, how to produce the show. Um, the, where it was going. Where it was going, right. Like the, <laughs> the, that TARDIS, uh, that first scene where they, where they dematerialize and they head, they head to the BC era. It just seemed to take forever uh, for that one sequence, but. I yep. mean that's that's looking at it from like a a more modern viewer, right? And right. and back at the time it was probably like whoa, like mind blowing. So so I have some friends that have another podcast that talk about movies and the pace of shows and movies as the time has gone on. In the old days, you would have a scene where a person is at one location, then you see them in the car, then you see them arrive at the location because if you went from the first location to the next location, the viewer would wonder, how did they get there? Yeah. <laughs> and so in order to alleviate that, they would do the scene in the middle with the car, which is exactly okay. what they did on the show. Yeah, okay, okay. That's Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And yeah, you're right. I mean, like if you watch like Gone with the Wind and and like, I mean, I'm picking a movie, random movie out of a hat, but it, like that's that's considered a classic still. Yep. And, you know, they, they definitely did that. They had a lot of transition type scenes. Yep. To, to go between the main locations. Okay, okay. Um, so you could tell the pacing was very much slower. Of course, he was much older doctor also. Right. And as far as we know, never had uh, regenerated before. So elderly, yep. and, and we have seen the master elderly, and he also was a very slow-moving individual at that point. So uh, I, I kind of felt like that was all in pace, but I, I don't know. I felt like... Um, Throughout the whole storyline, he was very aloof and really not wanting anything to do with the human race and oh, yeah. people in general. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally got that same impression. Like he was a very different doctor than what he ended up in in the Tenth Planet. Like he was, yep. he was very. You're right. Like just you know, what do you? I, I don't care at all about you guys. You know, like yeah, that's you know, my name. What was that expression? My name's Paul, and this is. <laughs> This yeah. is to do with y'all, right? Like, yep. like it's it, he's he's really trying to separate himself. And um, what did you think of Ian and Barbara? So, so one of the things that was very interesting to me on that entire story arc about those two in particular is they would step aside and have conversations as adults as if the child couldn't hear them yeah. right next to them. So it was like what was going on in their head um leaking out as side conversations like yeah. you would kind of do in a play yep so um i thought that was interesting uh their dynamic together it was hard to tell if they were you know romantic or not from the school setting standpoint um but i felt like uh, i kind of felt like they held their own throughout just on not completely freaking out uh, yeah. on everything like they didn't go running out of the TARDIS and start walking around it like they you know do now right right <laughs> and go back in um <laughs> so I yeah it was uh, I don't know I felt like they would have had bigger reactions in some cases and smaller reactions in others 
than they did. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. No. Yeah. And and uh, so would okay. So would you say that they they tried to sp- to spend an appropriate time on the 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 sections they were trying to highlight as this this new show? Yeah, I, I think so. Like this I new concept. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think they spent too much time on pretty much everything that. They- <laughs> Well, the the funny one. I mean, it's 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 because it's a it's kind of as you say, like they they when they were talking, it's meant to be like as an aside, which you kind of do right. in play in plays, right? And the other funny bit was at the beginning when they're parking, they follow Susan home, and they're they're right. basically part like their car is like right in front of of where she where Susan is, and you know, Susan she didn't see them. Yeah, Susan has to be although she's looking around. <laughs> <laughs> she has to be completely oblivious, right? And and you know, meanwhile, right behind her, you know, Ian's got the headlights on, and him and Barbara are like, "Oh, where did she going? What is she doing?" You know, and yep. why don't you guys why talk you... louder? You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they get in there, and the doctor's just wandering around in the junk in the junkyard, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> "There's no child here. You need to leave." <laughs> <laughs> Only a madman would live in a junkyard. Yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> oh boy um okay there, and, there was one other thing about that that yep. i thought about with the um and, and i think i've talked to you this uh off podcast about how um the granddaughter has never been like kind of revisited ever yeah she gets dropped off in a later episode and marries somebody or like she ends up being romantically inclined with somebody and that's the end of it yeah, she's just she's just gone at that point and never a, mentioned again. Yep. yep, they 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 do bring her back for the five doctors special, but um, again, it's it's very you know, hi grandfather, hi Susan, and that's it. Like that's all that's all we get. You know, I haven't seen that one. That is, I would recommend that over rewatching Trial of a Time Lord. I would definitely. Yeah. I, oh, I, it's a wicked episode. Um, Cool. Okay. And yep. and so what did, what did you think about the overall story with the the cavemen? Well, so that was what made it interesting, I think, is because um, we've now firmly established that he can go anywhere in time. And what was never brought out is was this Earth? Yes. Yes. Good point. They they don't outright say it. Are we on Earth or are we on some yeah. totally different planet that has Earth like yeah. environment? So. Which I think is really cool. I mean, it, especially um, since the the next story they 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 yeah. make they make a point in the next story of right away being on an alien planet. So right, right. Um, so we're kind of I I feel that we're kind of left to determine. Assume, that, yeah, yeah. Assume that we are on Earth, but you're right. They don't explicitly say it. Um, I think it, if if unless I'm mistaken, which I probably am, I even Susan when they land, Susan goes over the controls saying it has like Earth-like conditions. Right. right. I could I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So the fight was good. I like the fist fight. That was really well choreographed for yep. for that time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to say it. Yeah, but it, I thought it was really good. And and you were talking about that one guy looking like Will Ferrell. Yeah, man, I, I, could I not that was it. exactly when I watched. It. I was like, because he moved like him. Not only did he look like him, he moved like him. I know. <laughs> there's, I was just waiting for him to get out the cowbell. I, I know. <laughs> there, there's. I swear, there's a Saturday Night Live sketch where he is dressed as a caveman. 
I'm, oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to look it up right now, but I swear there is. And, and that's, that's what I was picturing. And, and yep. he, he turns out to be the father of, of what's her face. Yeah. So I just, I laughed. Oh, her, that's her sort of name. Her. <laughs> oh Which yeah. Is, her. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the princess, the princess, her, who, her, no, her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Awful name. Anyways. Okay, so uh, I will go first this time. All right. And I think I will put it, I, I, I am going to put it on a curve because it is the first one and they weren't exactly sure what they were doing. Um, and I felt, you know, the chemistry between all the actors was really good. It was surprisingly good for, for yeah. not really not really knowing what this show was going to be. Um, I don't think any of them kind of, except for maybe William Hartnell, but I don't, I don't think they really had an idea of what the total concept was sort of supposed to be like. Um, at least that's my impression. So I will put it on the A group. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Cool. Okay, three down. Uh, <laughs> a few more to go. 11, 2, 4, 6. Yeah, but 11, whatever. Um, okay. Your next. Oh, wait. Did you pick? Oh, I just went. Okay. So I am going to pick. Uh, I might as well go ahead and pick Survival, McCoy's last story, before we go into a, a 26 or 19-year hiatus of the show. Right. Um, so before I before mm -hmm. I talk about it, what do you what did you think about? Actually, go ahead and talk about it. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So what I was gonna say is uh, my 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 only. Uh, not grief. Grief is a is a bad phrase to put it. But in the new Doctor Who, when they relaunched Doctor Who, they went towards a series format, which was still about 12, 14 episodes. I can't remember how many episodes there were in the new the new series, but they had they went to a concept where each episode was a different thing, yep. but all tied together with a common, a really deep, deeper developed common thread between them and they right. kind of they've kind of kept that format all the way till today um each episode is a totally different story but yet they have elements that are kind of tied together throughout the season and um i feel like survival they 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 almost had it it was like the first one where they they uh andrew cartmill was the script editor at the time and for the first time in the show's history 26 year history he had everyone all the story writers for that whole season they were all working from day one together to develop the to develop the stories for the season, and besides Battlefield, uh, let's not even talk about Battlefield. Um, but like Curse of Fenric, Ghostlight, and then Survival, uh, these stories really uh, had a great progression and development. I thought of the Ace character and really tried to build her up, as well as really showcasing uh, Sylvester McCoy's Doctor as kind of being a a puppeteer pulling strings from above, you know, and um, I think it, it did a really good job of that uh, throughout that whole season. Now, I wasn't too crazy when it, I did have to look at survival all by itself because that's what I did with uh, Colin Baker's story. So I couldn't, I, I had to kind of keep that out of my, out of my um, head when I was, when I was doing this episode or story. Uh, but it, I felt like survival was kind of the weaker one out of the Curse of Fenric, Ghost Light. Um, I mean, I'm in my head, that's a trilogy for me, uh, for Ace's character. And in Survival was kind of the weakest one out of the three. And it just happened to be the the last story 
right. that, we, that we got for the next 19 years. So, um, but and that was, that part disappointed me when I got done watching it. I was like, this was the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they, you could see it. You could see kind of the, the seeds of what the show would kind of become when they relaunched it. Right. And, and you right. could kind of see that. And you could imagine that if they had a series, a series 27, a season 27, you could imagine that, that they would, they would go even further into this concept of, you know, working together and, and coming up with a, a whole season format. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just too bad. Um, on that note of, of Ace, um, the, the Sophie Aldred um, will be showing up in the 13th Doctor's last story, along with Tegan, the actress wow. who plays Tegan Javanka. Yeah, they're, they're, it, it's, it, it, I, <laughs> it's the 13th Doctor. I don't want to get into the 13th Doctor, but um, the fact that they're, that they're managing somehow to bring in uh, Tegan and Ace, um, I think that's, I mean, that by far, for most fans, I think that's, that's going to be the hook to get them to watch it. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what they do with them. Um, but at any rate, back to survival, what did, what, now that I've kind of blabbed about it for a while, what did you think? <laughs> so I, I thought it was interesting. It kind of reminded me a little bit of, um, the running man. Um, interesting. Oh, wow. I don't know why, uh, I don't have any direct things but when i first saw it they would like arrive and and start you know running which isn't exactly what the running man was but they were being chased down so it, I, it yeah I could, like that. I could see where you're going with that oh that's interesting i didn't even think of that yeah yeah especially with uh what's her face on the horse car on yeah. the horse chasing down and then that poor milkman man that guy <laughs> just all he's trying to do is bring those cats and yeah food. <laughs> no, <he's> just, <laughs> wait i got milk i got milk <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was actually pretty well done uh, overall, the, the, just for the, the one story arc. Um, I didn't, you know, I saw Karate Kid in the very beginning of it, and I was waiting for him to say, no, you know, strike first, strike hard, no mercy, sir. I was waiting for someone to say that. But <laughs> um, that's what it kind of felt like. Yeah, yeah. And it took me a minute to realize that he was the guy to come running up on the doctor who was in the people's bushes watching cats so <laughs> and yeah, it, uh, i it, also thought it was really interesting that the cats poster was on the wall um in there too and then he was like hmm. yeah that was pretty cool that was pretty cool i mean yeah. you know um it was a little bit weird why he would single that out before even understanding what's going on but at the same time i mean it's it's kind of where they're trying to take the doctor right and yeah, and yeah. being this master sort of order. I, I I just I couldn't help but really laugh out loud at the whenever they had like a cat a real cat who died they tried to show the body and it, and it was just a horribly awful stuffed prop that yeah. I mean it just looked terrible but um whatever what do you do right yeah you, yeah we but need the a, costumes were really good the ones that look like cats yeah they they were really great yeah no they were really great really well done really well done and the effect with the eyes was really cool too for yep. that, especially for that time period so yep yep oh totally yeah when uh so when ace was looking yeah. back at the camera and yeah yeah and when the master was looking back at the camera oh right yeah yeah how could i forget that was his yeah. major so speaking of the master um given how popular the master is as a character overall in the classic series since they introduced him um 
he's actually not in very well i guess he's in a couple of these they bring him back in a couple of these finale uh regeneration type stories what did you think of this version like this final version of the master that we see here well it made me curious why they how well you always wonder how he survives anything yeah (laughs) yeah um because they thought he was gone once you get you know into the new series yep um so um it was it was interesting on that front well and Um, i also thought it was interesting that they had the same guy as the master like throughout multiple doctors yeah that's right anthony ainley yeah no and i i think that's uh, it was both a good idea and a bad idea. I think it was it was a good idea here because I think here he's finally a good version of the master. Like yep. in in some of the other stories, he's ridiculous. Like he 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 gets so over the top uh, when he's when he's trying to be drama y. But I think here uh, he's kind of got a good balance of you know he's he's losing his sanity, he's losing control of his will, and all he wants to do is destroy the doctor, you know, yep, yep. like he, like usual. That's all that's left. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that's left. Yeah. Basically speaking. Um, okay. What else to say? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't have much else to say about that. Um, no, it was it was a good. I think it was a good kind of concept. But they, oh yeah, so they they did uh, interview the author, and she was kind of um, now Rose Monroe was that her name? Alice Monroe? No, not Alice Monroe. Uh, she's a different author. But this was, I think, Rose something something Monroe. But she was uh, basically, I think, I remember reading reading that she was uh, really trying to develop a lesbian connection between Ace and Kara. Which you kind of get, but at the same yeah. time, it, you know they they kind of don't they don't really you know it, and yeah. and it shouldn't be made um, sort of a big a big production thing of. But uh, I think they kind of if that was the intention, I think they kind of did a good job of of showing that where you kind of get that there's a little bit of a a connection between them, um, mm-hmm. and but it doesn't it doesn't become too ridiculous either, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. And you have to wonder at the end of it, did Ace like continue to have that uh, the cat power or whatever it was after she came back? Yeah, I don't know, yeah. and yeah, um, and I don't think they'll even touch on that in the new series yeah. <laughs> when they bring her back. <laughs> yeah. Although about, I, I mean, I would don't. be, <laughs> I would be totally, I would be totally floored if if they if someone actually mentions it, like if she actually says oh, I was trapped on whatever. But no, yeah. I I can't see them ever mentioning the cat people. Um, and you know, back to your point about the master uh, saying how you you couldn't. You know, it's hard to see how he kept keeps surviving. It's kind of funny in this one that you you know even the doctor at the end, you know, it, like Ace asks him, well, you know, so the master's dead, and he just kind of says, "Well, we'll see." We'll you know? see. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't want to say because I jinx it every time. You know. Yep. 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 Okay. All right. So where would you put it? Um, I, I think I put this in a. 
A. Okay. Yeah. That's so where you had a. I I was torn between A and B. So yeah. as as we as we score the rest of these, maybe I'll yeah we'll update it. But yeah, I think A is a good one. Um. Yeah. Okay. Your turn. What's next? Um. War games. Oh, war games. Okay. <laughs> so this one, this is one of the ones that uh, I've never seen before, before I did this podcast, but I always knew what the outcome of the story was based on John Pertwee's uh, third doctor. Uh, but I never actually sat down to see, to watch this. So um, I felt just the, just the experience of watching that one and same i i want to go back and say the same thing about an unearthly child i've never seen that before uh before i did this podcast um so with war games yeah same thing um i thought it was brilliant i thought it was a really well executed um it there were so many places where it could have just gone gone off the rails you know 10 episodes are or 12 is yep. it 12 12 episodes and I mean, there's so much opportunity for that to just go out sideways, right? And yeah. um, you know, maybe maybe in some of the some of the middle middle sections, it kind of lost its way a little bit. Maybe maybe there's a little bit of you know running around, kind of doing what they do, where they run around between everything. But yep. uh, I thought the concept was brilliant. I thought the uh, just the whole idea of it was so cool, um, and the fact that it, it kind of kicks off. Uh, the whole concept of what the time lords are, which they they build on for like the next twenty years, right? Yeah, exactly. So, which I thought was just amazing in and of itself, right? I mean, like uh, it's only what fifteen or twenty minutes at the end when they when they finally meet the time lords. I guess the last episode, the whole last episode, is just about yeah. the time lords, and that's all you get. And they build twenty years off of that, which I thought was just incredible. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. It was very, very well executed. Um, there's a lot of interesting things like the, uh, Spock like, uh, part where he's like staring, you know, at them, puts on the glasses and yeah, um, <laughs> we went to school together That's right. that was <laughs> and then he like takes him off and he's like, he snapped. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> everything, everything's fine. Why? That's right. Um, we went to school together. That's right. How could I forget? You know? <laughs> Yep. Um, didn't have any idea what was going on in the very beginning of it. So I thought they did a really good job because he would walk in, open up the painting, and then he'd stand sideways on the camera and uh, like he's looking at nothing. But um, and then like, oh, it's like a, it's like a television with a, with a video camera or with a, a video system. I'm like, Well, why is he looking off the, off to the side then? That's right. Um, <laughs> it's because the better camera angle. Um, but I also loved that part where they were um, when they, they go back and they find it to prove that it's there and nobody can see it except yeah. for the people who haven't been. Uh, it's like um, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There's this someone someone else's problem. The SCP field. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Um, so I, th I thought that was that was really cool. Um, what What did you think about Jamie and Zoe? Oh, I liked them a lot. Yep. Yep. Really strong characters. Really yep. strong characters, yep. both of them. Yeah, they and, were. You know, Jamie coming out of like you know the old days, and like, oh, new technology. That's no big deal. Like, yeah. <laughs> still running around in a kilt. 
That's right. Um, That's right. So, Still yeah. wanting to beat up everyone. But yeah. yeah. No, I, I felt that uh, uh, Zoe, uh, the, the, my only, my, I don't want to say, com- well, it is, I guess it is a complaint or gripe. My only complaint about Zoe is that it is kind of hard to understand what her motivation is. Like she's a super smart 22nd century-ish character, but I, I don't know much more about her than that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I felt that uh, this was kind of, I was surprised that, the Time Lords, I mean, it is a children's show, but I was surprised that the Time Lords at the end just restored them back to where they were. Uh, they did erase their memories, which I thought was was really harsh. Yeah. Um, I thought that was too bad. They, they, I mean, that, I mean, imagine all these adventures with the Doctor and then just mm, having them gone. all yep. erased. Yeah. Uh, which I thought, like, I, I thought that was worse. I mean, I would almost, you know, derez me over yeah, yeah, losing yeah. all my memory. So... Um, yeah. And, and I mean, I loved, like you say, I, like you brought up, I really love that, that aspect too, that, that kind of, uh, mesmerizing ability that these, um, war chief people had. Um, it was also interesting that the, like the longer you stay away from them and those people start reminding you of things that you can get back to your previous memories. So that whole group that was kind of, uh, creating their own coalition between all the different time zones trying to get to uh whoever was doing this to them um and i i wonder like they were they always used the the you know the monocle or the spectacles to do one person but how did they do did they do like large groups too i don't know great point yeah great point i mean uh, uh they had that remember when the doctor like fixed up that machine that would help them do yeah. a lot of people. But what did they do before that? I mean, you're yeah, right. Like yeah. what did they, what did they kind of, especially like to, to the Romans, yep. you, you bring in all these Roman soldiers and that was a great scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, okay. So, so another question, what did you think about the plot itself? So the, the one thing I didn't, um, I, the only, the only thing that fell apart for me about this whole concept of the war games was the fact that, they would eventually take these soldiers and use them to invade the rest of the universe. Right. And I thought, what? how is that going to work? <laughs> I mean... So you've got these Roman soldiers with their horseback and swords. You're going to take them and take over the universe. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, throw them against the Daleks or the Cybermen, right? I mean, like, yeah. what, what do you think is going to happen? Um, so, I, like, to me, that's, that's the only minor, minor detail that, that I, I couldn't see where where this plan was going to be successful, but the plan itself, the, the, the whole idea of this was really cool. Yeah. And I, I actually wondered if they weren't just trying to play out different strategies, like let's, oh, let's okay. have this group go here and do this and this group. Okay. Did that work? No, let's try another one. Okay. Okay. So, so they're, so they're like, they've got a giant list of battles, strategies. battle strategies and they're just yep. knocking them down to, okay. Okay. You know, the, to me, that would me make much more sense. Yeah. If if they kind of came up with that as a as a way to explain the whole thing, that would make sense. Um, yeah, and and uh, I don't know if you uh, it, it just another one of those weird brain things that happens, kind of like what you were mentioning earlier about Will Ferrell, um, the the War Chief. There's a character in Seinfeld where they meet the head of NBC, and I think his name is Russell. I'm 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 really trying to 
recall what his name was. I think his name is Russell, but I swear he looks identical to, oh, the, yeah? war, to the war chief. Um, I'll have to Google it later, but like it, I swear, like it just, it's <laughs> Russell, you know, no, it's the war chief. Okay. Um, but anyway, at first I wondered if it was the master. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And that would, that would have almost been like a really cool reveal to, to find out. And then to find out that, uh, the, um, who was the time Lord? Was that the yeah. war chief? Yeah. Okay. The warlord. Sorry. The warlord is the one that, that looks like the character I was thinking of. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the short guy with glasses and the, and, and yep. the hair rate, right? but the, the war chief. Yeah. Uh, but, but imagine if like the warlord was like the master. Yep. 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 And then the war chief is like, what? Yeah. Well, no, that was another thing. As soon as they saw each other, they recognized each other as time lords, um, as time lords which is really interesting because when he, in the previous episode, when he first regenerated, he um, ran into, what's her name? Um, Zar, Z what's the, the lady time lord that was in his... Romana? Not his. Was it his? No, no, no. It was... Um, Lady Time Lord. Uh, was it? No. What's the second one there? Patrick Trout. The um, the second oh, episode there. Time in the Ronnie. Ronnie. Oh, okay, okay. Because he didn't look at her and recognize oh, her as a Time Lord. Right. But right. here are these two Time Lords, and he regenerated. So they don't know what he looks like now, see each other and recognize each other immediately as a Time Lord. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. I didn't even make that connection. That's a good one. Oh, man. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, no. I agree. I agree. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So you go first. Where would you? Uh, so this is one of the best ones. Like, I agree with you completely. So I had, based off of this previous ranking, I would put that in S. I'm with you. Patrick Troughton's final hurrah was like one of the best. Yep. Cool. Okay. Um, whose turn? Uh, I think it's yours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is yours. Okay. Uh, I will say, okay, how about John Pertwee's regeneration story, The Planet of the Spiders? Oh. So... As soon as I started seeing this, I had flashbacks to um, current time Doctor Who with the uh, spider. I forget who they were. Uh, they had some giant spaceship or something in the middle of the Earth and were trying to have it come out and it was going to break up the Earth and she was going to resurrect all of the spiders. Do you remember that episode? I don't. So... Um, I think it was with the 10th Doctor. Sorry to leave you hanging, but yeah, no, yeah. I don't. Um, so I had immediate flashbacks. To is this that a tenant, was, a tenant yeah, story? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to watch like it. I'll find it. Underground or something. and I'll watch it and find it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't remember okay. what it was called, but I had immediate flashbacks because it was almost like the same race. But then as you get further along and you find out that, no, these were actually spiders that came from earth at some point and they were colonies like that means that they um came from earth at some point the humans uh, sometime at some point in the future but then had been 
you know, driven into um, this, not poverty, but like lack of technology somehow. Right, right. Um, it was interesting and almost got back into Lord of the Lord of the Flies or whatever, you know, kind of living. Right. And who catches flies? All the spiders. All the spiders. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like that. No, that's really good. Yeah. And, and it, it was kind of a really neat idea. It, it, it almost reminded me of um, little, little things that kind of make a big impact later on. So I, I would say like in some ways, uh, Douglas Adams, some yeah. of it, some of his story concepts are kind of like that, where there's like a little thing, like you know, a character crosses the road, and and picks up this this shovel, and I I don't know, I'm now I'm now I'm going off the rails, but like in the future, like it it builds on that until like you know, 20 years in the future, it become it became this huge thing, because of this one little act done. 20 years previously or whatever right? right right that kind of happens throughout hitchhikers right and yep, and yep. um so here kind of the same way like the spaceship crashes on the planet the spiders you know were, were like normal spiders were sort of on board and they leave the ship and they find this these these crystals which yep. transform them into these supremely evil creatures right but um like it, you know, just sort of like an ordinary, ordinary, normal, like, oh, like just normal spider. It's kind of like the, in some ways, maybe like the fly, where right, the, right. The, the fly sneaks into the, to the pod and, you know, just a stupid ordinary fly. And, and then his life is ruined forever because it's now taken over his whole body. But, um, no, I, I, th and I thought it was, uh, like when we finally see, um, I, the queen spider, it was really well done. Like it, it, yep. it, she looked really, you know, she looked like Shelob from Lord of the Rings, right? Like just massive right. and just this icky, gross, like, like frightening, like spider. Right. And, um, right. Right. The, the ones in the council room, not so much. Uh, they look like Halloween, yeah. Halloween store props, yep. you know, and you could see the wires that they were jiggling around and yeah. Um, but and and the the other cool effect, the other one I definitely wanted to mention was the ones that they showed leaping onto the the humans' backs and then disappearing. Yeah. And then disappearing. That was really well done. Like it was ugh, like yeah, you can you can really see that, um, like it, you can feel that almost. Um, yeah. So I will have to say I didn't understand the connection back to that whole group, that whole sect. Um, how like so their leader is a time lord and once again he doesn't recognize him as a time lord um they don't recognize each other oh and you're talking about the doctor and uh his like mentor kanpo yeah yeah so they don't recognize each other because they're both of their faces have changed but they don't recognize each other as time lords second part of that is why was he trying to help this sect do things where they would call into where the spiders were and how did the spiders know where the blue crystal had gone like there's all these kinds of questions yeah. that never never got resolved in it yeah they they kind of did leave conveniently leave out some of these points yeah um you're right i think it's they yeah i'm i'm i i did i did like the the characters were sort of strong they each had their own, you know, uh, properly developed motivations. I thought. Um, and we had our lawnmower man moment. That's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Except he didn't turn evil, but. Right, right. 
Um, and I and I like that. Uh, I like the the I like the idea of them using this like meditation to to pull in um, super, like different forces. You know, like when I'm right. I'm trying to think of like when when they when they tried to steer uh, um, Mike Yates off the road when he was driving with Sarah Jane, and they kind of chant and it builds up, and then they all of a sudden a ghost appears or whatever in front of him, and he. Zoom, zoom zooms off into the into the side there um yep. but yeah you're right it's it's kind of like uh kanpo was like oblivious to what was going on but it yep, yep. but at the same time the way he talked at the end is that he knew this was all going to happen yep so yep yep i mean so you just said Sarah Jane, and it reminded me of something from the robot episode. So I'm going to step back just for a moment because sure. I just remembered this. Um, one, she, I felt like she was very strong always in every every episode. And um, one Amazing. of the things that stood out in the robots episode was when um, the she went to the uh, other facility, which I forget the name of it, but uh, where the robot was, and um, she assumed that the guy was the director of the place when it was really the woman, and she like called her out on it that was I great expect you of all people sarah jane to automatically yeah. automatically have this misogyny so um yeah anyway oh no i i no you're right that's a great call out i i yep. thought that was that was really great too um totally yeah no sarah jane herself like and and i, I mean it's no wonder why she's one of the the fan favorite companions yep. of, of all time yep. of all time because you know uh when when she met david tennant yeah, that was in, the, in the new series, I mean, like it almost brought tears to my eyes. Like it was, yeah. it was so well done, you know. And and they just, you know, she recognizes him like very quickly that yep. he's he's the doctor, right? And and anyways, um, if you haven't seen that, just Google that on YouTube, and it's yeah, I've seen it. It's oh, it's worth. It's, <laughs> it's definitely yeah, worth definitely. a watch. Um, but yeah, no, throughout throughout Tom Baker's, and you know, she didn't, she didn't. Um, I felt like she she definitely got her her footing with Tom Baker Definitely. versus John Pertwee. Yep. I think, you know, when she was introduced with, uh, for John Pertwee right near the, I think it was just in the story just before yeah. planet of the spiders. Um, you know, she was always, you know, she was always a strong journalist and, and really independent, but she didn't seem to gel too quickly or she didn't seem to gel the right way with Pertwee that she did with Tom Baker. Yep. So, Yeah. All right, so um, where do we put this one? Um, I guess I would start it at the B B tier. I think it was a really neat idea, and they they executed it fairly well. I I think there was it was still a little bit confusing how Kanpo was the future version of the um, the Abbot. Yep. I think they could have. Uh, maybe done that a little bit differently. I think they were just trying to bring in elements of of um, um, what am I looking for? Elements of of, of Buddhism. Yeah, you well, know. So that was interesting that you said that because the only other time that I remember them seeing doing anything like that was in Tom Baker's last story, Legopolis. Yep, yep. Where yep. they bring in the Watcher and yeah, yeah. yeah. That kind of same idea, and maybe yep. that's exactly why they did it. Maybe to try and and bring a callback to, um, 
to what happened in Planet of the Spiders. But yeah, it, yeah no, I, I would I would put it I would still put it as a B. Um, I think they they had some of the really great elements, but there was still a few a few things which were a little bit weird and didn't kind of work out too well uh, when you watch the the story back. Yep. But how do you how do you feel about it? No, I think that B is a good place for it. Okay. Yoink. Okay. We're getting close. <laughs> that's all yeah, right. We're almost halfway. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Okay. Next right, pick. Let's just put the rest of them up really quick. Yeah. Um, all right. Is it? It's my turn again, isn't it? Yep. All right. So um, how about um, the caves of Androzani? Androzani. That too. That too. I've heard it both ways. Have you? I've never heard of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm American, so that's what <laughs> That's a good way to do it. Uh, yeah. Why isn't it Androzani? Andros- I guess it's like Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Peter, Peter Davison's final story, um, Firecracker, written by Robert Holmes, who, who did who did a lot of the trial of the time Lord, the same one who passed away yeah. during trial of the time Lord, but uh, Robert Holmes, who also did uh, spearhead from space. Um, so he, he's definitely had his hands all over Dr. Who's history, classic who history. And he definitely knew the elements of what made Dr. Who work. Yeah. And uh, you could tell in the story, like it was, um, I imagine, I kind of ima- want to imagine anyways, that maybe, it was a little bit of a maybe they were trepidatious about this story when they were planning it. Do you kind of get that? Like they didn't quite know if it was going to be good, if it was going to be bad, how it was going to turn out. Right. Because there's some elements of this that you know on paper maybe they don't come off too well. Um, like a lot of these cave scenes, like they're they're very cavey. And they're it, they're very dark, and they're you know, um, but at the same time, they really managed to squeeze out a lot of tension throughout this whole story. Um, you know, no matter how many sequences where they're running through the same cave system scene, uh, um, like set, yeah, they're just running through the same one with different camera oh, angles yep, each time. Oh, yep. But exactly. yeah, but but they really do a good job of uh, really drawing out that tension. You know, right from the get go. You know, like there's the 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 doctor and and Perry. They both get um, this spectrox all over them, and they don't know it yet. But you know, right away the the, the clock starts. Their own doomsday yep. clocks, and they don't even know it. And they don't even know it, right? And and yeah. you know, oh well, it's just whatever. It'll it'll go away later, and it'll you know it'll take care of itself. And man, you know, I'm really scared to die from the shooting squad and all that kind of stuff, right? And and but meanwhile, they've meanwhile, got this. Dying. Yeah, they've got this <laughs> ticking time bomb kind of going off. Um, what what did you what else what else did you want to say about it? So there was also this whole Phantom of the Opera feel to it. So you, you have the guy that's, you know, wearing a mask and is horribly deformed. Shares Jack. Who, yep. Yep. Living in the dungeons and falls in love with this beautiful creature that he wants to have stay with him forever in the dungeons. And right. Right. Then you've got the dig dug screen up. Um, <laughs> showing. <laughs> the- <laughs> that's <right>. pretty much. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah. I mean, 
I liked it a lot. That was, um, it had a lot of, um, like I said, other story elements in it like that, that were, um, very strong. And I, I can't tell who, who took what from what. Yeah. Um, how did you uh, feel about Morgus? Which one was that? Morgus. He was the, the chairman of, of the, he was the one who would, he would always turn to the camera and he would make these, like you were, what you're saying about the first doctor, about Ian and Barbara, he would be making these aside comments. Yes, right to the, it was, right to it the was his thoughts. Right. Yep. I remember that. I, I did. I, I remember thinking that, that um, in modern day shows, that would be like a, 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 a voiceover. Yep. That it would be his thoughts in a voiceover. But instead, he's like, well, uh, you know, it's very soap opera. Like, well, if, if I do this, maybe they'll start doing this. Um so yeah, it was it was an interesting take on it, and I also thought that um, I started getting the feeling like his second his right hand man guy was like too on top of stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, the general. You're talking about the general. Yeah. 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 I did too. It 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 kind of um, it had some right away. You kind of were getting was getting the feeling that you know something's a little bit weird here. That he he seems to be more prepared and, and more with it than the general um, who was supposed to be leading this whole, you know, expedition force to the cave system. But again, it's, it's uh, 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 like, like most doctor who, what I was saying about the world order having only five members, this is a general with an army of like five troops, right? And they would, they would be using the same, the same five troops in every, every shot that they had of the, of the army. Right. And um, yep. But again, I mean, it's it's Doctor Who. You learn to kind of fill in, fill in some of these blanks, and that's yeah. what, that's what makes it, I think, work. And you know, I I really the only my only the only thing I, I felt didn't work out at all, which I'm glad. I think the director knew it as soon as he read about it. Was the cave monster? As soon as he read about the cave yeah. monster, I I got the feeling that he's like, oh dear lord. I'm not going to show anything about this creature. I'm going to have it on screen for two seconds and yep. then you'll never see it again. Right. And, uh, and that's exactly, yeah. that's exactly in my, in my thumbnail. Um, I've got a, I've got Ross from friends as the armadillo, the Christmas armadillo, <laughs> because that's exactly what this caveman looks there. This cave yeah. monster looks like is, yep. it, you know, it, it was just, it really, ah, like they, they didn't need it. Uh, the only reason I, I, I could see that they used the cave monster for was for the, the second cliffhanger with the doctor, but that's it, you know, and, and, uh, oh, yeah. And then at the end, the whole, the milk of the mother of those things, you know, the bat, right. The mother bat. And then he's crawling down into some weird, like that whole thing was like, like that was the only real iffy. Yeah part and you know there's no oxygen down there no um so and how so i i felt like as much of a build-up as they built towards that it almost took no time and he did it and there was no struggle it, it, yeah it's really interesting you say that yeah yeah that's exactly the same impression i got they made this a big deal like for like three episodes they were leading up to this that you know he's got to get the milk from a queen bat and um 
I, unless I, I guess these queen bats, maybe they just like deposit their milk in their nest, and all he had to do was scoop it up. Uh, you know, like he didn't. And there was to, only enough for one person. That's right. Like he didn't. He didn't have to hold the bat while squeezing like whatever milk gland from her. I don't know. Yeah. But and it didn't appear to be a way for the bat to get out of there. There was just like stuck there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you're right. That that part kind of didn't work so well. But uh I did I it was a really good uh like the I thought that the 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 bat the chase scenes through the sand dunes when when Davison crashes the ship and then he's yep. running back towards the cave with the with the gun smugglers running after him. I thought that was really cool. That was really well done. Um the direction I like I said before the directing was really good for this episode. Um yeah, I can't. I can't think of anything great to say, anything more great to say about it than already yeah. is. And leaving the doctor alone in the spaceship while we go check on other things, like <laughs> <laughs> I know. when is that ever a good idea? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know classic. Oh, what does all this stuff do? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's our main computer. That's okay. You know. Yeah. Classic noob mistake, but it it was interesting how. <laughs> Um, you know, like, like, uh, uh, um, now of course I'm forgetting his name, but the, the gun runner, all he had to do was just leave the doctor Yeah. and they would have been home free. They would have made it to their planet. They would have been swimming, yeah. swimming in all the money that they had, but no, you know, just for some reason, because he wants to take the doctor with him, And then all of a sudden, Oh, you've got to stay in orbit until I figure out what to do because, the fact that the well, doctor's there means the general, you know, faked the execution and he lied to me and now yeah. I've got to kill the president, you know, so. <laughs> and I love that his assistant in the end took over. And oh, like, oh yeah. no. Yeah. That was like, I, at first I thought the something had saved the president because he knew something. I mean, he knew. So yeah. I, I was like, did he know that he was going to do that? And so there was some kind of a safety net or something down there. Um, and then when it was her, I was like, oh, yeah. and Snap. she's like, yep. Crow Timmon. By know. the way. <laughs> Say hello to the new chairman of the board. Yeah. that No, that was a really well done ending. Um, yeah, I don't think it's any surprise where we're going to stick this one, but I'll let you say it out loud. S. S. Right. Yep. Definitely. There you go, Ross. Up to S. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess it's my turn. I will pick, um, okay, you know what? Let's bite the bullet. I'll pick the twin dilemma. The, 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 the first Colin Baker story right after the caves of Androzani. Yeah. So when I, when I covered this in the podcast, I tried to describe this as going from a five, five out of five down to a one out of five in in one story like in one I mean, story yeah it's like falling off a cliff you know yep and um yeah <laughs> oh man like the twin dilemma like it was it was just it was it was like it it was it was, it felt really weird like like when you watch when you watch caves and maybe you know i, I guess almost anything before that when you watch twin dilemma it just feels like a really weird story like yes uh, like what you know how did they how did they uh, i don't know like uh, there's a lot of question marks when you watch the twin dilemma like it it's like the dilemma is how did this get made you know that's one yep. of the big dilemmas and and oh 
the worst part about it, and and, and is is that the 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 director behind this has made some of the most amazing Doctor Who stories in classic <laughs> Who. So well, that is a dilemma. It, it, the 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 director <laughs> who made this now I can't remember his name. Uh, the director who made this also did the Five Doctors, which I mentioned earlier. So he did the Five Doctors. He did a story called Modern Undead for Peter Davison, which is one of my favorite stories. Well, that that's one that introduced Turlow. Okay. That was one of my favorite stories. And and there's uh, what did he do from Tom Baker? There was one that he did from Tom Baker, which was also really really well done. And it, it's like oh man like and he must have like gotten this script and thought oh man like someone you know someone shanked me you know someone <laughs> someone wants to tank my career at the bbc you know well whoever it was wanted to tank colin colin baker's career also because <laughs> <Totally. laughs> that that opening so that was actually what did it when he choked her oh, and man, was trying to kill was her it. off that, that was the end of him yeah for, for the fan base it. that was it that was awful. That was awful. That was so hard to watch. And, and uh, you know, back when we were talking about Colin Baker uh, from his trial episode, his regeneration story. Yeah. Like like when he when he proudly boasted that he was going to have a longer run than Tom Baker. <laughs> and, you know, the fact he was he was really proud of the fact that um, his character was going to develop over time so that you would see that he was this, you know, gentle person sort of wrapped in a in a in a harsh or harder shell right you know and, and over time we would get to see this gentle we just didn't have enough time <laughs> and, and, <laughs> like i don't know how much more time you needed buddy you yeah. know like they you know they took a long time to get there you know and they i think they were finally getting there for that trial of a time lord series um like the first story with when him and perry show up they it is where's really, perry that's what kept going <laughs> Hey, where's Perry? It's it's <laughs> right, but 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 when when they when they start showing them interacting, they they have a really fantastic chemistry, and yep. and they have a really great relationship in that. Like so, they finally get there for that. But in this, in the twin dilemma, oh boy! Like I mean, you know, she's ready to kill him, and I and I can totally understand why. And and but he's literally trying to kill her, and. It's it it you're right. Like it, as soon as he does that, it it's it, like I think half the half the fan base just turned turned the channel, you know, and, yep. and and the ratings just started plummeting right after that. And I don't know. And then you've got like the giant the giant slime slugs that kind of look weird, and right. then you've got these these bird like people for for no reason at all um, that and, are worshiping the slimes like they should be eating them. It was yeah, like I mean, it was it was for for a for a regeneration story. It it, it kind of reminded me in in a lot of ways. It kind of reminded me a lot of uh, Sylvester McCoy's Time in the Ronnie, where the mistake they the the mistake the, the the production team makes is that they choose a story that's totally alien. So it's hard to it's hard to kind of be be drawn there as if as a viewer. Like you're you're trying you know we've got a new doctor and we're trying to find something to kind of uh, like like hook us and, and keep us, right. you know, pull us along the journey, you know? And, and so what you don't want to do is, is, you know, surround this new doctor with a whole bunch of aliens that, you know, w you know, and then you've got this captain, like he's first, he's answering phones at this, at this, uh, um, you know, earth force, you know, secret base, he's answering the phone and then all, he's leading the charge to go after these aliens who've kidnapped 
um, the, yep. the twins, right? And and then he he decides to you know he finds himself in the TARDIS and he des- he decides to go into the wardrobe and for some he reason he, he's got on clothes. Yeah, he, you know, but I've got to find the shiniest, the most uh, aluminum foil looking pants that I can possibly find. And I'm glad that the, you know I've always wanted to wear something like this, and I'm glad that I finally find some in this wardrobe in this mysterious ship that I find myself on. And, you know, oh, and, and I, I just happened to find that when other people get lost in here. <laughs> That's right. And I look in the in the pocket of my shirt and man, would you believe it's got the power the power pack for my gun? I mean, what are the odds? <laughs> yeah. In all those clothes. I, I thought the same thing that was like so hokey because here he was proud officer. I'm you know, I'm leading this charge and well, I need to put on a disguise. Yeah. Um, it didn't. It did not make any sense. No, it didn't. And they, you know, and and they don't even mention it in the rest of the story, like why he yep. would have to change. Oh, you change clothes. Yeah. Yep. I also thought, like, the guy appearing suddenly to the twins, and um, saying, "Oh, I couldn't possibly hurt you." Now, what's your name? Here, let me touch your hand. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Super geniuses. These are not. Yes. <laughs> But they yeah. Are. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, and and uh for some reason he changes his name, but we never know why. Uh yep. he identifies himself as, you know, Asmael. The doctor knows him as Asmael, but to the twins he's uh uh professor, no, not professor. Um he had this very similar, it's like Ashmael or something. It was very similar to, to his what the doctor knew him as. That's right. I, I and then help... he was also another mentor, or was he the same guy? Well, and then there's Nestor, which is the giant slug. Right. No, no. I was talking about the, that old man. When the doctor recognized him, he talked to him talked about him being a mentor of his. Yeah. And so yeah. then, what, does that make him? Was he a time lord? I yes. It wasn't really obvious. Yeah, he was a time lord. He was a okay. time lord. And was he the same time lord that was the abbot and the other? <laughs> no, but you know, like they they did try they did try to make the same string connections between the two. Yeah, uh, like when when I was going through some of the behind the scenes for that, they did try to at the last minute. Um, uh, Eric Sayward, when he was when he was talking to the writer of this one, I can't remember the writer who did the writing of this one, but uh, when he was ta- when he was describing to him what he wanted the story to be like, is that he was kind of remember you know um, remember how we introduced the Abbot and Kanpo and all that in mm-hmm. planet of the spiders. And so I, I think he was trying to, you know, get him to, to make something similar, but not actually be the same, another mentor or another thing, but he just mm-hmm. kind of took it literally as another mentor, you know, and, you know, yeah. but I, I guess this mentor is, is the one that, that, you know, tells the doctor the best kind of alcohol to have. And, um, yep. I, I don't know. And like, I, there was that whole scene where he stepped into the machine and then it did something to him and he looked like I thought he was a, a android at that point. And so for a while in, in that episode, I was thinking, is he an android? Because when that machine came on, he looked like he was an android with some kind of something facade over him. Totally, totally. Yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. And the, the only reason for that, the old gimmick for that was just so that they could use that as a transporter when when they had to escape in, in another right. convoluted yeah. type of type of scenario right and um yeah uh that whole i don't know it's it's it it just 
it, if you've got a long list of Doctor Who to get through, I definitely would put this one at the very bottom. Big bottom, absolutely. Like, in fact, under C. Yeah. So it was funny because we we ranked these things uh, outside of the show, and uh, you put it as a point five out of five, and I put it as a point twenty five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> um, so unfortunately, uh, I so I, I told my fiance a long time ago that uh, as much as I love I love Doctor Who. I couldn't recommend to anybody unless they just wanted to see the history of a lot of things within the show yeah. to go back and watch these older shows because you have to really love the show yeah. in order to go back and watch a lot of them. But this is the first one of the old uh, classic Doctor Who that she had ever seen. Oh, and, no. um, she was like, I've seen high school productions that are better than this. And that's where I got that, that statement earlier from because she yeah. saw both of those and She's like, this is really bad. So this is why I said, you know, you, you have to really want to know and understand the history of some things yeah. in order to go back and watch these. Um, yeah. I can't always recommend. I mean, there's a lot of really great ones to watch, but I can't always recommend watching them. <laughs> no, I agree. And, and this is kind of one of those ones that, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Like you, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't impact the doctor's character at all. Yep. Like it has, if you, if you never watch this, then you don't miss anything in his yep. whole Time Lord character pers personality. Um, that can almost be said for all of Colin Baker's yeah, <laughs> episode. Yeah. Um, so for all of you listening, like, don't watch this. Let us watch it for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We took the bullet. We took one yep. for the team. You're welcome. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I won't even ask. I'm going to, I'm going to put this in the C. If, yep. if we had a D yeah, you know, and yeah, if we had a D it would go there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's rough. Okay. Next story. Is it me? I think it's you. Um, honestly can't remember. Yeah, it is. You said okay. the twindle in the, Oh yeah. Um, how about the, um, Castronova? you say that castronova castrovalva that's the one castrovalva castrova <laughs> yeah, that's right, <laughs> that's right. uh Valva. castrovalva another seinfeld reference Valva. <laughs> Valva. who names their, their kid Valva? Their kid Valva. <laughs> anyway. uh, no this is peter davison's first story um i i think they did you know again they did another uh Unfortunately, they kind of went, um, you know, how we were talking before about Tom Baker having less recovery time and kind of just getting into the story right away. I felt this one, they kind of went a little bit too much into the the recovery type of scenario, but I guess they had to for the rest of the plot. Like it was kind of um, integral to them going to Castrovalva was that he was still suffering from regeneration sickness or whatever. Um, but um, I, I thought that it was, it's not my favorite Davison story. Um, I know that a lot of, uh, a lot of fans really like it and I don't mind it. I, I, I think that, uh, um, interestingly enough, it, this isn't the first story of Davison's that they film. So they filmed for to doomsday, which is another one in that same first season. Uh, they filmed that one first. So, so he was kind of in that, like if you watch when you watch them in order, you'll kind of see a little bit of, uh, you know, wait a minute. Like he's, he's kind of like um, taking a step, like, like he's, he's not the same doctor in some ways because he's, that's his very first story. So he's trying to figure out the ropes of, of, you know, him, of his own 
personality, right. like his own doctor, like his own stamp on it, right? right? And then, but but the advantage of that is that Castro Valva he appears he appears really solid because he's kind of you know in his head, been, yep. yeah, in his head he's kind of got it down now. Like this is kind of who I want to be moving towards, and you know, so uh, they can move towards that in the, in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like it, it was unfortunate that, you know, while they had the master in this one, this is one where the master gets a little ridiculous. Um, and it was a little unfortunate that the, the, the camera angle that they have the Astro, uh, um, um, what's his face? Uh, Adric, who's hanging up in this metallic yeah, web. Adric, and he, you know, like the, the whole camera angle between the where he is in this web and where the master has to look to deliver his lines. It's a really unfortunate camera angle, um, but it, it's ah, uh, I don't know. Uh, apart from that, I think they, you know, they they do they do a, a they do an interesting job. They uh, although you never you you kind of never again hear about block computation mathematics. Yep. After yep. this, you know, like they they're they're too powerful. They're too uh, you know when you can rearrange like elements of the universe. Uh, from these things, then it kind of becomes a a too powerful type of nebulous thing to 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 talk about again. I guess like to to uh, I don't, like what did you what did you think? So this is the one that introduced Tegan too, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, oh no, uh, Logopolis is where she where she first came in. Oh yeah, that's right, Logopolis. This one came after, but so it was kind of. I guess no. I'm not going to go into that. I'll go into that on Logopolis. Okay. All right, so, okay. um, yes. So it was interesting that that guy was um, actually the master again. The Poitrive. Um, yes. Yeah. And was I don't remember. Was it a disguise? Yeah. He had like an old man. He was disguised yeah. as an old man. He was all yeah. hunched over and yeah. 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 And so the what this episode did for me is actually it opened up a lot that I didn't know about um, the um, I, I play Minecraft and I have a TARDIS in the Minecraft. OK. And my TARDIS has like all of these different rooms. And so some of them came from this episode, like the zero room, for example. Oh, OK. And um, the console is the same console and the whole there's like a. a guide that's in the console where you can go and read how to use everything that apparently didn't exist <laughs> but all of that came from this episode okay uh, okay way. okay so um for me it was a lot of uh that history that i was talking about that you um don't nor normally see from some of the other shows but being able to get lost um in the tardis and walking through multiple rooms and um having to find and you know unravel the scarf in order to get to um, that was right. Uh, all very, very interesting. Uh, that scarf, by the way. Uh, so, and and we, we'll see that again in um, Tom Baker's. We already did Tom Baker's last episode, didn't we? No, not yet. We did his first okay, story, okay, yeah. but not his, not his, his first story. story. Okay. So that um, that scarf, I I I don't remember ever seeing that scarf. That was a different scarf than his original scarf. Um, I mean, even today, when you see people wearing a costume doing cosplay of Tom Baker, they have the the typical scarf that he had at the beginning, but not that that scarf, which is a, uh, 
that crimson color. I, I really like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. But yeah, I, I do think that they overdid. Um, they overdid a lot of uh, the regeneration part and the, like the whole scene with the ladies carrying him in the zero chamber that they made from the zero room that they jettisoned. Yep. Um, could have been dropped. Yeah, it could have been dropped. Yeah. It, it was, uh, and then and then you have the knights from uh, <laughs> from Castrovalva. Yeah, that that was yeah. just weird. So, I, in my head, it was uh, straight from Monty Python's yeah. uh, Holy Grail. It was, it was those knights. That's you know, right. They, they right. look like them. They just needed to have the little thing on their their face. Yeah, <laughs> and and the little coconuts, you know, yeah, coconuts galloping yeah. together. I know, I know. I had, I kind of had the same. Uh, and that that again, that's that's kind of where why it I'm I wasn't too big a fan of it. Um, and it's another, you know, uh, you just triggered. Uh, what I, what I was going to say even about Legopolis is that um, one thing that Doctor Who tends to do a lot of is they they use a name and you're not sure if it's the name of the planet or the name of the city yep. that they're on, right? And they do this a lot. They kind of just drop a name and then you kind of have to, you know, use your own judgment to feel if that's the name of the city or the planet or what, you know, and, um, I, you know, maybe it doesn't really matter in, in a lot of, in a lot of stories, uh, in this one, I guess it doesn't really matter that much, but it's kind of just one of those things that, you know, well, are you talking about a city planet? Like what, what, what's going on there? So, um, yeah, no. And, and, uh, the, it, it it was another it was an interesting idea trying to um what was i was trying to think of the one after this i guess it doesn't no the one after this doesn't matter but they it was a neat kind of wrap up uh they tried to wrap up what happened in legopolis um oh yeah but uh, but it was it was just it was really weird that you know in order for castrovalva to be created the master would have to kind of assume that his plans were all going to fail uh from the legopolis story Right. Because this is kind of his plan B, you know, and and then and then you learn that, you know, he created an entire information data system of the TARDIS just just because, you know, just for yep. Tegan to find. Right. And like, I mean, how how sick is that? That's just. Yep. Yep. That's demented. And then Tegan's like, I flew the TARDIS. That's right. And it's the second time we see the TARDIS laying on its side because when Matt Smith. Right. Came out. He, yeah, he was on. It was on its side there too. And you That's wonder, right. Oh, yeah. how, can, how can that happen? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're yeah. right. Okay. So, so where would you put it? Uh, either C or B. Okay. Uh, seeing is what we have in C. I think I'll put it in B because it okay. wasn't quite as bad. I agree. I did like the concept also when they were drawing the map and like. And where is oh. this participant? Here, 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 and here? Yeah. <laughs> you have four pharmacies? No, just the one, sir. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, I will go with, uh, let's go with William Hartnell's 10th Planet. All right. The introduction of the Cybermen. This is their first story. Uh, so Boy, Jerry, was that rough. Jerry Davis. Yeah, it, it was a little bit rough. Um Talking about the Cybermen themselves. 
it's interesting to see how they have um, changed over the years. For sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, I I think that you know they haven't strayed too much from their initial concept of being a enhanced uh, version of humans, um, which I think is great. Like it's a it's a it's an interesting concept, and they 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 really try and and do it justice in this. Uh, I I will. There, there's a few scenes that really stand out for me. I think one of them is when they first enter the, the Arctic base, and and Polly screams out. You know, she screams out like, "Look out!" I, I can't remember the words she says, yeah. but she, but it's really effective. Like she, she really screams, and you, you get like a, an instant kind of like, like you, your whole body kind of just like, goes on edge yeah. Be, because yeah. of that scream, right? And 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 it, it's a really great effect. And the, um, the other one is is the countdown of the rocket. Yeah. Uh, I can I think it's episode three, episode two or three, one, one of them, but it was, it was really well done. Like you're, you're, it gets, of course it gets to one and then we get the cliffhanger, right. you know, like, of course, dun, dun, dun. yeah. I mean, you know, what's going to happen, <laughs> you know, what's going to happen, but, but at the same time, like you're just, you're, you're like really fixed to the, to the screen watching this, you know, and yep. um, what did, what did you think? Well, so I was, I, as I was listening to your, um, your dramatization of it, um, and you were talking about Polly go- going and getting them coffee. I felt like you were saying, oh, come on, Polly, you should, you should be doing better than that. Um, I felt like she was using it as a ruse to be, stay behind and oh. try to convince them of what they should be doing instead of what they were doing. That's a better way of looking at it. That's a much better way. Yeah, because when you, when you first watch it, you know, what can I do? Well, darling, why don't you get us some coffee? There's a good, yeah. there's a good girl, right? And you're like, yep, oh, yep. yuck. Yeah, you, no, you're right. That's a good way of looking at it. Okay. Um, and what did, what did you, you know? Of, of course, uh, William Hartnell had a stroke, some kind yeah, of yeah. some kind of health issue. I I think it was a heart attack or stroke. Um, and so he was out completely. He was out most of it, and for, he was out in, in the episode. Yeah, he was out like for episode three. So they kind of just they have a body double of him in, in the lower bunk, you know, and Ben yep. and Polly are trying to talk to him. And of course you only see his back. And, um, yeah, but I, I think they carried the story really well. Uh, they did. Uh, they the, were very strong. Both of them. I thought definitely, definitely. They're, they're really good. They were really well-written characters. Um, that brings up the, the one part of the story that never made sense. And, um, maybe, you know, where I'm starting to go with this is that right at the end, when the doctor knows he's he's about to regenerate, he leaves Ben and Polly in in the cyber ship for some yep. reason. They 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 don't really explain it well. They for some reason they decide to stay behind and he and he but he wants to leave. Yeah, and, I've got to get back to the ship. Uh, we'll stay here. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> we'll be right there. That's right. And and so and so the doctor heads back to the TARDIS and he and he's already starting to regenerate, and he he's collapsed or you know, basically on the point of being unconscious, but somehow uh, Ben and Polly are able to get into the TARDIS. And, you know, they've tried to explain a few times. They've, they've tried to uh, showcase, not showcase, they've tried to describe the TARDIS as being a, a, an entity itself. Yep. Where it, it's got a mental connection with the doctor, it's it's got this it's got this special connection with the doctor, and so you know it, all I can think of is that you know the TARDIS itself decided to open the doors to let Ben and Polly come back in, but 
they... so it's interesting that you say that because um the, i don't remember what version you watched but the version that i watched had a lot of uh stills and it wasn't the animated one i think you had an animated one yeah i watched the animated version yeah so yeah. mine was comprised of stills and um every once in a while there were video clips of like five or six seconds long and then every once in a while some of the cartoon was brought in the animated um and so there was a lot of subtitle at the bottom of it as they were talking and like sometimes you just have the still and you hear the audio going on and then the subtitle tells you something okay and so on that scene it said uh the doctor musters all of his strength to hit a lever to open the door to allow them in okay at which point the door opened and they came in and they came in so, okay but I, I I couldn't see any action at that point because it was just a still. Right. But um, so that may be I don't I don't know who put the the subtitles on it and and the description of those things. But right. Yeah. But so, yeah. So it's almost a you know it comes down to basically maybe your own interpretation of what you want to want to happen. You know. I think we're gonna have to because we don't know what was actually filmed. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um. Yeah, no, and uh, you know, I I felt that the the one thing I'm really glad they changed was the way the Cybermen talked. Yeah, I I don't know why. You know, I well, I'm sure when they envisioned this character, they 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 wanted to and like really take it over the top with, you know, that 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 they, they would speak like robots and robots would talk like this. Yeah, and yeah. So it it. It was an interesting idea, but it. I'm glad. I'm glad they changed it in future Cybermen stories, and I'm also glad that they didn't end up giving a lot of dialogue to the Cybermen here. They kept it on the short side. Yeah. Uh, so. I thought it was interesting also that they are superior to humans, but extremely susceptible to any kind of radiation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that whole. Um, again, it's kind of one of those ones similar similar to the war games. Uh, it was it was really not very explained very well, and, and maybe they didn't have an answer, which is why they didn't explain it. But you know, why would the presence of Mondas increase radiation? And you know, like why why would why would things go? Uh, um, why would the approaching planet? Um, yeah. You know, cause cause this. I, I now I can't remember the exact. They sucked energy from the planet. That's right. Somehow. That's right. They were there was they were you know like slurping away energy mm -hmm. from the, from the Earth and and why and then would it became that too much and it exploded? What? That's right. <laughs> and yeah, like when you, when you start to think about it, it, it kind of didn't make too much sense. But um, it, it it was a good vehicle, I feel, for the for the Cybermen to be introduced. Yeah. And so, where would you put it? Where would you? I I actually liked it a lot, um, even though. I you know had to piece most of it together in my head, um, so I I'm kind of struggling on this one between A and B. I'll give it an A. Okay. I think it was, like you say, I think it was it was well done. Um, you know we gripe we we complain about it, but at the same time, um, it was their first regeneration story. Yep. And you know they they were really unsure what was going to happen once they brought in a new actor. And it was fantastic how they like came up with the idea for the regeneration and how this is how we're going to keep the show going. It was it was like I mean life changing is an understatement, right? Yeah. I mean the show is now what like almost 
40, 50 years running because of this one concept. So mm-hmm. imagine, and, and it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier about small things resulting yeah. in larger things down the road. Like imagine just coming up with this, you know, how are we going to explain this? Oh, we'll just call it, you know, the doctor's reborn, regenerating. Yep. Yep. You know, like a one word throwaway, you know, and, <laughs> and then 50 years later, it's, it's like the, one of the core concepts of the show. Right. So. And how many he has. That's right. And can he give them away to somebody else? <laughs> Don't go there. Can somebody give some to him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like trading cards. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you my eighth if you'll give me my, my 12th, you know. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, I, I think it's, is it my turn? No, it's my turn. Okay. Logopolis, I think, since we've already kind of mentioned it a little bit. Okay. Logopolis. Um, Tom Baker's last story where we introduced Tegan. We see her for the first time. We introduced this this whole idea of a cloister bell in like an, an emergency type of um, persona, I guess, of the TARDIS where it's warning the doctor of impending doom. Um, we get the Watcher who's um, the future version who becomes Peter Davison at the end of uh, Logopolis when the doctor or when the yeah, when the doctor falls from the radio telescope, um, there's I, I I don't know if you heard. Or it's very hard to spot on the uh, on the TV or on the on the on the on the episode when you're watching it, unless you know to look for it. And I don't know why I'm jumping to it right away. This is kind of getting in the weeds really quickly. <laughs> but uh, like on episode four, right near the end, there's a shot where the master is looking out from from the uh the control room as the doctor is on the the radio telescope arm and there's a there's a shot looking like looking dead on of the master and it's actually a cardboard cutout of the master uh because for some oh, reason really? for some reason they needed to they needed to do uh this filler shot it, it's only like two seconds long so like you you didn't even need it for one thing and you know for another thing you know maybe they couldn't get anthony ainley for that one um so for whatever reason, they, they had to get a, a paper cutout of them. And, you know, when you watch it and you, and you, when you know to look for it now, you can kind of pick it out, especially in, in HD, right? Uh, um, it stands out in my head now that you've said it because I remember <laughs> that because I was like, he's not moving. He's just sitting there. That's right. He's just got to <laughs> – and that's exactly why it, it stands out because he's totally frozen, you know, like yeah. they've, just, they've taken a screenshot and they've kind of Photoshopped it in there, right? And, <laughs> before um, Photoshop, that's right. And uh, the the other the other interesting the other interesting slash weird thing was the fact of uh, they have a Time Lord in a um, uh, uh, like a dressed up as an Englishman kind of materialize out of thin air right in that in that last episode too to talk to the Doctor, and um, you know there's no TARDIS. He can kind of just materialize as a time Lord. Right. And, and that kind of threw a lot of questions around how do, you know, how does time travel work when you can just project yourself, you know, wherever in across the universe from Gallifrey. Um, And was it it a projection or was it really him? You know? Yeah. I I mean, they did that with Adric, right? Adric was able to do it through his. That's right mathematics that's right so, that's right um i don't know but it's interesting that you say that because uh, going back to the uh zero room when they were carrying him he had this ability to um also um like make himself lighter remember yeah. 
And then in another episode, he touches somebody's forehead and they like, you know, Vulcan, whatever. Um, yeah, the, like the Vulcan uh, r- neck pinch. Neck pinch thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so, I, I, um, I know. Yeah, so there's like, but then it also made me wonder, like in the more recent ones, you have um, uh, like the face of Bo guy who uh, had the, the band that he would wear that he could time travel with just by itself. So, you know, there's other um, other things like that that are um, going on with the doctor with these other kind of psychic things. Now he's got the psychic paper, but like where are all these other powers at? Did they only happen for one or, you know? Right, right. They introduce them, you know, as a uh, MacGuffin for one episode, and then that's right. it. You know, yep. they, it's never yep. brought up again. So, um, I, I also thought it was kind of funny how they were they were really careful. The guards were really careful to. Uh, um, I guess it's, it, I guess it's more back to Castrovalva, but the beginning of Castrovalva, the guards are really careful when they're when they're searching Tegan and Nissa when they've got them up against the side of the van. I mean, they're kind of just you know, okay. You're okay, you're right? Like they they don't even you're pat right, them right. down, you know. Like they just okay, you're all good. And then with Adric, they're I mean they're pawing pawing over the whole guy, right? Like, yep. Yep. You, know? <laughs> you know, okay, you know, putting on the rubber glove. Okay, Adric, you know, bend over now, right? And it's kind of like you know what <laughs> what's what's going on here, you know? Um, but yeah, no, Legopolis. Uh, I I think they 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 did a really good. Uh, it, it was another another one of these. Is it the name of the planet, the name of the city? But I guess it doesn't matter. Um, right. But it was it was a neat concept that they had a. Um, I I was kind of at first interested, but then a little bit disappointed um, in some ways. I don't know why disappointed, but uh, this this radio telescope that they um, that they talk about on Earth that they cloned on Logopolis, um, it the this project Pharos. Um, it sounded it sounded like a real place on Earth, um, like a, like something real that that we would have, you know, like like some right. telescope looking up in the, in space, searching for uh, you know, like the SETI project, right? Um, later on, right. and this, the, you know, so I I was you know I I w- during the research for this story, I was you know I was convinced that it was a real telescope. Yeah. And and they and they filmed it there and they you know, but it, it was just made up for this for these two stories. So we also have the introduction of um being able to put the TARDIS within a TARDIS. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to figure out why he wanted to get the dimensions of it so right. Um and then they they landed on top of the TARDIS and then inside them was the TARDIS or not the TARDIS, but it was supposed to have been the police box that was right. outside, which right. when do you ever see that happening on any of the episodes? But of course, I guess they never really landed on top of something else. But um, you have so you have that and then they go inside of it and it's another TARDIS. So it's like the picture in picture in picture that you have sometimes with your camera. That's right. Computer. Um, but uh, so all of that was interesting. Then they step outside of the they go through the outside door instead of going in deeper. And they're immediately outside in the outside world. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> and I, then you, go ahead. I, no, I was just going to say, like in in Castrovalva, 
they were building on um there's there's a, a a famous painting i can't remember the name of it now but there's a famous painting where it's it's of an an optical illusion of those staircases it's like a diamond of staircases but they're they're going the Esch, from escher that's it from escher right and and uh so in in that was kind of the 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 nugget that put Castrovalva together in in the writers the writers yeah, said yeah. and so in Legopolis it almost felt like the same kind of thing where they were building yep. on like a Russian doll type of of situation you know and, yeah and you're but you're right that's where it falls apart is that they they get to the the very bottom doll of this Russian doll and then they open the door and all of a sudden they're outside again you know and yep. instead of needing to go all the way back out through the loop right yep. and yep. um yeah, I I think they they never tackled it again because it was just it was it was probably really confusing to edit together. Yeah, well, and if you think about it, it was really confusing just in general. How do you put a TARDIS inside of another TARDIS? And right. it kind of thro goes in the face like a lot of these things did with people coming into the TARDIS. When you get into more recent episodes where they say nothing can get through that door, well, gosh, everybody got through the door in the past. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, cops came in here, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, s some old lady walking by, she manages to get in, you know. Yep. yep. Um, and yeah, and, and you know, spe speaking of characters, uh, the the one thing that was a little bit of a shame is, uh, you know, this is kind of the first introduction of the, uh, okay, well, it will become the first introduction of the, the Tegan, Nissa, Adric uh, sort of companion trio that Peter Davison travels around with mm -hmm. um, that I I think he becomes most famous for. Like when you think of Peter Davison, I think when you think of his doctor, I think you think of Tegan, Nissa, and Adric, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. all traveling together. And the one, th the one um, fatal flaw of their, of a lot of their stories is that they just don't have enough for each of them to do. There's yep. just too many companions, right? And, yeah, yeah. and so how do you how do you write for that many? And so this one is kind of the starting of that. Like it, it's really it's really too bad because in the, in the beginning of Legopolis, we get um, Adric and the Doctor together, just the two of them, and they yep. actually have a really good relationship. They 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 you know Adric isn't isn't annoying. Like he's he's actually a really a really interesting character with the doctor. They gel really well together, yep. at least in this one, right? And yep. then you know it's almost as if the writers are like, no, 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 no. We got to get we got to get someone else in there <laughs> right away, you know. And yeah. so they introduce Tegan, and Tegan has like her whole personality is so overpowering that that she just like fills the room. Yep. Yep. You know, she comes, she, she, which, you know, to her credit, I mean, that's how she's written and that's how she's played by Janet Fielding, you know, and, um, like she, when she, as soon as she's introduced, she's, she's like taking off and yeah. like she, she's really like taking up. So th something interesting about her that they didn't really, they played up in the very beginning when we we're introduced to her, but they never revisited in that episode was how forgetful she was. Yeah. That, I thought that was like I was waiting to figure out why she was so forgetful and then all of a sudden she wasn't yeah about anything yeah a little a little bit of uh uh continuity yeah. problem yeah that's right that's right that's what I was trying to say right and yeah and you know like they there was a lot of things where it would have made more sense for Nissa to do than Tegan yeah like for them to switch but yep. then but then it didn't work later on later on in the same scene if they had have switched right yeah. so it's 
it's kind of like they got they got themselves stuck in some instances where you know okay we've got to have tegan here but in order to build her up there we've got to introduce her doing this back here and then yep yep and then you get to the end when the planet's gonna blow up or whatever and she decides to stay on the planet that's gonna blow up because her only way home is not the tardis it's the doctor right so right. <laughs> yeah didn't make make a lot of sense but you know, at the same time, we haven't talked about the um, the the master's role in any of this episode, which was he was the puppet master behind everything. He was um, interfering yep. with everything, blowing up the universe, didn't realize what he was doing. And then when he did realize what he was doing, he decides to hold the entire universe, you know, at, uh, for ransom. Of course, as um, the master does. Yes. Yeah. And then you have the watcher who was watching and like he told the doctor something that didn't really matter because he died anyway in the end right and he told adric well go back over go go to go to earth like that was that was his only function as far as you can tell is that he was telling adric where he needed to go with the tardis next yep yep Yep. yeah you're right often but uh i mean we saw it again like we said in that other episode um with the spiders and the mentor where he had his his next regeneration wandering around um and then we see it again in modern time when uh matt smith is um locked inside the uh i forget what it's called the, that cube and then oh right himself. yeah so he does it to himself too coming from the future to talk to himself and give himself advice in order to make it out yeah without yeah. which that advice he would never be able to get out so and but they but they executed that one brilliantly yeah yeah they got themselves out of that like i thought how are they going to get them out you know how are the writers going to get themselves out of this one and they managed to do it yeah no you're right you're right that's uh yeah they they kind of had an inkling of that and and yeah like i i kind of wish that um they developed the watcher as like you only kind of know about it after you've seen the whole thing yep but i wish they they had kind of you know maybe uh introduced him a little bit differently where he's not just a creepy stalker watching tegan and and the doctor and whatever for a while like it's yeah. it's kind of a uh like he's he's involved he's he's moving events in order to make sure they're going in the right direction like something yep. like that right like where he's he's actively doing something instead of just watching and then at the end you're wondering why like what what yeah. did he change yeah what 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 was the purpose you know yeah. and i still don't really know um yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so last thing on this um so this episode made me start to think when i'm playing minecraft i told you i have a tardis yeah and um my minecraft handle is the doctor and um i i go around places and it's much like the the master i will cause my tardis to land on stuff so i have like there's a whole bunch of different things that you can make the TARDIS look like. And so I made all of those things in the Minecraft server and then I materialize over top of them while disguised as those things. So you can't tell that that's my TARDIS. And um, I mess around with my daughters and their friends when they're playing and I'll, I'll scoop them up and I'll trap them in the TARDIS and I'll take them off to other places, drop them off, dematerialize, leaving them behind and I do all these things. And so then I'm watching this episode and I'm like, huh, I'm doing all the things the master does. <laughs> <laughs> all, all you need is a recording that plays people of earth. This yes. is the master. You know? 
That's All really right, cool. so where would you put this? Um, I guess I would put this. I would match this with Castro Valve. I would. I would put this on the B level. Yep. Um, yep. It was pretty good. It not not the. It was it was a good it it was a good final send off for Tom Baker. But at the same time, um, I felt like it could have been something more, a little more. Yeah. Okay, we're making our way. Three left. Yes. Holy smokes! And we're coming up to almost two hours. Wow. This is gonna Sorry. Be... Sorry, everybody. No, no. This is. <laughs> I'm having a great time. I'm having. I'm having. Yeah, I am too. A really fun time putting this together. So hopefully everyone sticks around to the end here, but I'm sure, I'm sure they will. Okay, and <laughs> I will go next, and I will. All ten of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those ten. Yeah, and my and my mom. You know. Yeah. Who has no idea what's going on, but just. <laughs> My son has a podcast. <laughs> Better cut that part out. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll pick. Uh, I'll pick uh, "Time of the Ronnie." Time of the Ronnie. All right. So, so Sylvester McCoy's first introduction to the Doctor. Um, they, as I was saying in the, in the episode for it uh, during my summary. They uh, they really had not very many choices to go from for stories, so they just took a, a Colin Baker idea and they kind of stuck Sylvester McCoy into it, and you can <laughs> you can kind of get that when you're watching the story. Um, as for myself, I never really liked the concept of the Ronnie. Uh, they I love I love the actress who plays her who plays her. She does an amazing job with what she's given the material she's given but um the whole concept of the ronnie i think is is you know just a you know a, a laboratory time lord like a a, a yeah. very clinical time lord like it's not much of a character like it's it's a you know uh, uh, i don't know uh th there's there's so many things that they could have come up with as as a third type of time lord to the master and the doctor and it 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 feels like that this one just never never did it with for me yeah i agree with that and i didn't really understand what she was trying to accomplish other than ruin the universe you know yeah yeah creating yeah creating her own the the ultimate goal was to create her own time uh time sort of time machine time uh meddler time um, yeah manipulator that's it manipulator yeah like a, a time manipulator and but again like okay so you can influence events throughout the universe, uh, but then what? Then what? Right? Like to what? To yeah. what ultimate goal? Right? And yep. um, um, yeah, it was a little bit. Um, and there was there was another story during Colin Baker's uh, years. There was a story there called uh, "Time in the Ronnie," where or not "Time in the Ronnie," um, something in the Ronnie. Now, now I'm I'm drawing a blank, but it was where it was kind of the same idea. It took. It took place on Earth during the Industrial Revolution time period, and she was bringing in all of the sort of big big names at the time to work for her, right? So it was it was almost kind of the same, almost the same, yeah, yeah, the same kind of concept, and it was also written by the same people who wrote Time in the Ronnie, right? So <laughs> hey, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it worked so well the first time, you know. So, so one thing I liked the um creatures that had the eyeballs all the way around like that was a really nice looking costume uh, aside from the rag rag whatever bat stuff behind yep. the head mask was really well done i thought i agree 
I agree. Um, although the eyeballs were very wobbly, like they were clearly those little, uh, you know, jiggly eyes or whatever. But um, it was an interesting concept, a creature that can see in every direction. I has totally some agree. form of t- intelligence. And, and it, it was kind of neat how they, they showed, they tried to like overlay um, image, like overlay what, what it look, would look like through their eyes. Like, so you, yeah. so the video, the video was overlaying yep. sort of like all four directions while like at the same time simultaneously. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. which would, I mean, it drove me nuts when, when I was watching it. So I, you know, but I, I guess if, if that's all the vision you have, yeah. then you, you adapt to, you adapt to those conditions, I guess. I don't know. Um, and I forget, how did she get him to have amnesia? Um, she sp- oh she injected him with something that's right it was it was like a uh she had Bayus, that that other alien guy um inject him with with it was like a blue well it doesn't yeah, matter what yeah. the color it was but it was some kind of injection thing that and then it was curious that she knew exactly what his uh companion looked like and had the same outfit and wig already set up um yeah yeah to be able to convince him that she was her and which was really funny because my daughter walked through while I was watching this and she, she came in after she already had the, the costume on and then she saw the other one running around in the, in the rocks and she said, wait a minute, is there a fake one of those? <laughs> but she was, she had just kind of come through a couple of times and was watching and passing. Right. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, and, and you know, like the, uh, a Kate, uh, can't remember, Kate, I don't want to say Kate Jackson. That's, yeah, totally other Kate different, <laughs> totally different show. <laughs> but uh, but Kate Kate something did uh, is is uh, the name of uh, the Ronnie, and she did a really great job of um, trying to emulate Mel's voice, which is very hard because Mel has this really high pitched, yeah. you know, voice, and it doesn't um, look like her voice at all. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, again, I, th- I think the main the main problem, you know, apart from being uh, uh, a Colin Baker story with with Sylvester McCoy thrown into it. Uh, they they totally you know nobody knew what what to turn Sylvester McCoy into, which I think yeah. didn't didn't help for this because he he kind of didn't get any idea of what direction to try and start taking the character into. Um, but also just the fact that we're on a totally alien world with alien people and like everything is alien, you know, and yep. uh, so there's nothing to kind of bring us into into Sylvester McCoy's first doc, you know, first, first story apart from maybe Mel, but even Mel, we have no idea. Like in, in trial of a time Lord, you, you don't, you, you, she's just there. Like she just shows up. Like there's no origin with Mel. There's no origin story. Uh, she just shows up during that trial of a time Lord with Colin Baker series. And and there to, you know, help him triumph. What? (laughs) <laughs> fill him up with carrot juice and and yeah. get him on a get him on a treadmill right we so. meant we meant to tell her story but we just didn't get around to it yeah <laughs> um i also thought it was interesting he picked up the umbrella and he kept using making use of that uh multicolor umbrella and then you know later he had the iconic black umbrella with the um question mark on it right 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 oh yeah no that's a good one that's a good yeah. one So I don't have a lot more to say about this one. It, uh, Me neither. Um, the, it, it was kind of a, overall a, a weak story to me. Yep, um, I agree. I had some interesting things. 
but like him constantly asking what's behind the door got really old it did yeah it did and and yeah it was his constant you know if if he was so so curious then he would have gone ahead and and just yeah. opened it you know and um yeah you're right it, it it kind of got old pretty quick now here's an interesting thing um he stated his age in this episode and it was older than what matt smith claimed to be oh, okay so he his age in this was what nine 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 hundred and yeah no it was more than that wasn't it because it was the password on the door. It was the same yeah. as his age, and it was something like nine nine three or nine nine. Right. And it Matt was a three Smith digit. Was, it was a three digit thing. So what was what did Matt Smith say? I, I forget what his was, but it was like nine hundred and fourteen or fifteen or something. Oh, okay. It was much lower. Okay. So they didn't even count, like yeah. C- Christopher Eccleston and Dave Tennant, yep. and okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, 953, 953. 953, that's what it was. That's exactly what it was. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, I was like, hmm, another continuity problem. But I mean, people will say, well, yes, but but then you have to think how many years did any of them, like all of them lived for a long time. Yeah. Because there were lots of things that happened to them in between things. So, yep. yeah. Yep. Whoever wrote Matt Smith's age didn't watch any of the previous ones. <laughs> Well, just like Matt Smith. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry, Matt, if you if you listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Yeah, Eric loves you. Totally. I'm kidding. I, I, I ended up liking him enough, but. Initially, yeah. Initially, I was like. Mm. <laughs> so where would you stick time in the Rhiney? Uh, C or B. Yeah, for me, it's a C. When you, when you, yeah. when we, when you see what we have in B. I would, yeah, yeah. I would stick it in C. Yep. Okay, two left. Is it me? It's you. Um, let's see. We have uh, Airhead. What? Oh, Spearhead from Space. Spearhead from Space. <laughs> and <laughs> Airhead. <laughs> Radiohead. That's what it is. Yeah. And uh, Power of the Daleks. Oh, let's do Power of the Daleks. Okay, good. I love that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was Patrick Troughton's first story. Uh, again, they were really smart. They ended off the Tenth Planet uh, with the Cybermen, and they took the number one enemy that the Doctor has that the show is known for, the Daleks, and they brought them back in order to uh, keep us watching uh, Patrick Troughton long enough to to get hooked on him. Um, right. And I I think they did a really well job, a really really good job of really that. Really well job. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> A really good job of that. Uh, they had um, a strong, strong character. You know, strong uh, characters to go from uh, right away. That you know, yep. the doctor figured out pretty quickly. Uh, again, there wasn't too much regeneration sickness that I can remember. I, you know, right away he's kind of maybe maybe while they're digging through the all the props that he has, maybe that's about it. Yeah, but they yeah. they they resolve that pretty quickly to get to the story. Yep, and then they immediately set up mystery. Like, like right, they get out onto the planet. They don't know where they are. He's just gone out and not checked anything. Right, right. And um, immediately somebody's calling to him. That person gets shot. He yep. gets hit over the head, and something gets stuck in his hand. Yep. And, you're, and then all these people show up suddenly, and you're like, 
where did all these people come from? That's right. <laughs> Who's that? What's that? What's that? What's over here? Yeah. yeah. How did nobody hear a gunshot? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, you, it is really funny you mentioned that because, yeah, uh, one thing that uh, they, they tended to do with William Hartnell's doctor is he would really like analyze the planets that they would land on yep. first. You know, like it's he would check their oxygen level, their nitrogen and hydrogens and um, you know, like gravity and, and like he would go through the list before yep. they even open the door, you know, and, and this one, they just kind of swing open the door and let's go everyone. <laughs> you know? And then didn't, didn't the radiation level like show that it was really high up at the beginning of it too? That's right. Yeah. That's but then right. that didn't even play into anything at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it was, <laughs> it was really well done. I, I did like it a lot. Um, it was a good, it it was a really good uh, Dalek mystery story, you know, because the 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 great thing I think that the that the Daleks have that gives them a lot of the a lot of the power in their stories is that you don't know you don't know if they're if they're alive or or not. Yeah. When they're inside their casing, right? Like they, yep. you know, the, the, you, of course, you know, the, the, their eyes flicker when they talk in, yep. you know, in most normal circum circumstances, but you know, a lot of the times they, they could just pretend like they did in this story. They can just pretend that they're dormant, that they're dormant, right? That they're, that they're dead or whatever. And, and, you know, everyone talks around them just, you know, thinking that they're, they're, you know, subservient type of machines and um i oh speaking of that i mean i howled i really howled at the part where the doctor or the dalek comes in with a, a glass of lemonade for the yes. for the this the station um, for the, the the security chief you would know? you like some liquid <laughs> are you through with your liquid <laughs> so like who talks like that oh dialect has definitely <laughs> That was really well done. I yeah. I had I laughed so hard at that, you know, and and just the whole that whole conversation, you know, was it, it was like you know they they had a fourth wall moment of of what the doctor or what the Daleks are like, you know, and like they were brainstorming that morning, you know, in in planning or something, and they came yeah. they came up with this scene like we need we need to fill you know thirty seconds, you know, and how about let's we do have this? them just repeating the same thing over and over again. <laughs> so it's interesting that you say that because so every time they would do that and the dialects would all get together and start repeating this thing over oh. and over again it reminded me because th th we've seen that in recent times yep with um when when the dialects were talking and um oh clara when she uh reprogrammed them so they wouldn't know who the doctor was right right and then they were like doctor who doctor who and they did exactly the same thing and they repeated it over and over again he got onto the tardis he came back out and was like <laughs> you're never going to stop saying that and then got back on the tardis i'm like oh that was total homage back to early classic doctor who Daleks. so right right but you didn't know it at the time I, actually you know going through all of these there were so many things that were classic dalek or not dalek but just classic things that are are um, paid in homage from the current series it's really interesting to see totally totally and yeah and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because the the one thing that drove me nuts and uh we tend to get off on so many tangents here but uh i think that's part of the cool discussion that this is is that when they first brought back the doctor um after that 19 year hiatus 
I love it how they call it a hiatus. They 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 first bring him back, and they totally, in that first season, they've totally um, disconnected him from all of classic Doctor Who. Like yeah. they 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 yeah. really write him in such a way that this is the first time we're seeing the Doctor that he he doesn't have any of this history. The only history he has is the TARDIS and that he's a Time Lord. But yeah. even even then. They, they, you know, all of a sudden he's the last Time Lord. Um, he's the only Time Lord, right? Like that, that kind of thing. And and they, they really, uh, they really do a, a job of. And I don't know, I don't know if that was, if that was the condition of getting the series green lit. I don't know. Like I, yeah. I have no idea of the story behind. And that, yet, but. in that particular episode, the very first one, they paid homage to the classic Who by putting in the mannequins, which are in the next one, the spearhead. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. The autons. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And yeah. I mean, those are exact, exact duplicates down to the, the hand folding in half and becoming a gun. Totally. Um, from, totally. from that episode. So, all right. Okay. So let's rate this one. Power of the Daleks. I, I like that one a lot. So I would either put that in um, the S or A. Um, I did, you know, see the same kinds of problems that you saw with it in terms of like that ship did not look that big <laughs> and yeah. uh they didn't talk about it uh I, in more recent times they have a ship where they called um it, it was it turned out to be a prison that the daleks were in uh and they, they said that that it had uh time lord um time lord technology in it and it was because it oh. was the size of a dalek and it was full of them because it was actually a prison. Okay. Um, okay. But, but they didn't talk about that at all with uh, this one. So it was interesting. That was a huge factory inside. Um, yeah. That they conveniently never mention yeah. or bring up. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, okay. So. So I, I would rate it either um, S or A. I think leaning more towards A. Okay. I would lean to more, towards more S, but I will take your A. Power of the Daleks. And um, yeah, the the only other funny thing about that was just his hat. I don't know if you saw the... Oh yeah, that big tall... Yeah, I don't know yeah. what that was. I don't know if like, like he's a leprechaun yeah, thank, or... A... Thankfully he didn't keep it. But uh, I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of um, the episode that I was talking about when um, Matt Smith came back and helped himself get out of the, the box, Pandora's box or whatever it was. Oh yeah, and he had the fez. And, and he, he's like, hey, I wear a fez now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Fezes are cool. <laughs> Bow ties are cool. Bow ties are cool. <laughs> Love the shirt. Thanks. Okay. Uh, so last, last but certainly not least, Robert Holmes, Spearhead from Space. Yep. John Pertwee's first story, uh, and it's also the first story in color. Uh, we get uh, Unit. We get the Doctor. Yes. We get uh, we get we get a stuck Doctor. We get a stuck Doctor. We get yeah, you're right. He's been he's been um, um, not ostracized. He's been banished to Earth, and whatever that word is that I can't think of right now. And the the, the stranded, auto, stranded <laughs> or yeah, yeah um, exiled. Yeah. That's it. Exiled. exiled. He's yeah. exiled to Earth uh, after the War Games. And he lands during a, a a meteor shower where all these modules are falling to Earth that all contain part of the nesting intelligence, which is another really cool concept that the show came up with. Um, they never, it, they do come back throughout John Pertwee's uh, era, and it's interesting that they would pick the nesting during 
the the relaunch of Doctor Who. Um, that's certainly not one that would spring, even though I enjoyed them, it's not one that would kind of spring to my mind when you're talking about a reboot. Like, yeah. you know, let's reboot Doctor Who. Oh, okay, let's bring back the Nestine. Oh, okay, um, sure. So, <laughs> uh, you know, but it, but it, it, you know, this one really worked. It was a, uh, it took advantage. I think it was a really good showcase of John Pertwee's whole personality. Um, yeah. Even though he was stuck a lot in the in the first episode in the hospital, uh, he ended up when he finally did get up and moving. He was his very uh, comedic self, um, and you know they did a they did a really good job of, I think, of showcasing John Pertwee. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I liked the episode a lot. Um, thought it was interesting. The the complete difference between him and uh, the previous Doctor just um it was a huge difference yep and didn't they uh have him starting out wearing um hartnell's clothes even in the very beginning of it like they did like sometimes the doctor will regenerate and he'll have a different set of clothes on and in this case he had on this oversized clothes for a while maybe i'm wrong he did steal someone's clothes from the hospital yeah if that's what you're thinking of, where he had a cape, he had a, um, like it was a, I don't even know how to describe or, it. It's, it's kind of like an opera. Yeah. Kind no, of I was costume. thinking of a different episode. I was thinking of a different episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not it. But yeah, that's not really consistent either. When you bring up yeah. the regeneration in the clothes in some stories, he's, you know, like in, in time of the Ronnie, he's still wearing Colin Baker's outfit. Yep. But in, in other stories, when he regenerates, he's suddenly wearing totally different clothes. Yep. Yep. So yeah, no, and and I mean, I love um, the the idea of bringing in Liz as as his companion, who's also you know hyper intelligent, which which was to her detriment later on. Uh, that's why right. they they canceled her pretty quickly. Um, was because the audience just couldn't connect with her because she was so smart, um, which. You know, I, I'm not making any comments about what that says as their as their uh, as their expectations of the audience. Right. But they but they felt that she was just too smart of a character, and so nobody could really connect with her. But uh, I thought I thought they they played her really well. I thought they wrote her they wrote her very well, and you didn't have to be a scientist to see her point of view, right? And, right. and understand where she's coming from. So I I couldn't understand their argument of needing to write her out, but, um, whatever, that's not here or there. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't have a lot on this one either. I did. I did enjoy it a lot. Um, yep. so, uh, rating wise, I would put it up. Um, I think probably in S. I agree. Or yeah, no, I agree. I, th I think it was a really strong story. It, it was, uh, just good Doctor Who. Um, the whole scene with the with the Auton um, trying to uh, um, find the crystal at that hunter's hut, I thought was really well done. Uh, they shot that one really well, and it was uh, a lot of tension and a lot of 
um, a lot of drama, you know, and, yep. you know, again, being a kid's show, they didn't kill off the, the wife, the hunter's wife. They only knocked her out. But at first I thought she was dead, you know, and, <laughs> and, it, it, and then a few yeah. seconds later, you know, no, no, she, they, the auton just kind of knocked her out. But, um, but then later on, you know, that whole, uh, that, that, that just one more thing about it, that whole scene where they start crashing through the shop windows, um, yeah, yeah. In, in early morning London, right? Like I, I think that was a pretty iconic scene that they managed to put together. And uh, I'm sure they, 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 I don't know how long it took to film that, um, but it, it, I think it was really well done. Like they did a tremendous job of putting that together. And Absolutely. And, you know, then they, that, that's the one I was talking about. They, they paid homage to in the new series. So yeah. Christopher Ecclesi's character had the same, the same exact experience with the, the, um, right with the mannequins busting out of the windows and coming out and attacking everybody in London. Right. Right. So, you know, um, and, and I wonder if, I wonder if before, before that they, they, when, they, before they were thinking of doing the reboot, I wonder if, um, was it Russell T Davies? Was he also, did he also do it the first time again? Um, well, I don't know. Uh, so wh whoever it was who brought it, it might've been Russell T. I mean, I should know, but I, I can't <laughs> recall the name off the top of my head, but I wonder if they did a poll of, of what they remember the most from classic who, and I wonder if one of the, one of the top answers from that poll was the Nestine, which is why they, Ooh. why they went with um, it in the first yeah. episode. That's a good question. I don't know. So, Let's yeah. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. But here we are where we got the end. Uh, we got our 14 episodes, 14 stories ranked on our tier wow. list. Um, I'll take a screenshot and I'll put this uh, in the show notes for the podcast. But you can also watch this on YouTube if you want to just, you know, this is kind of a really great episode to just leave running and listen to while you're doing other things. <laughs> uh, you can hear us, you know, babble along and uh, um, we've got our rankings and we, you know, we I had a tremendous time today, Colin. Uh, yeah, I, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. I've talked about this, this podcast forever to you. And, you know, it was one of those, you know, we should do this. We should do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. That sounds good. And then finally it, it kind of gelled together for this recap idea of a story. Um, yeah, I appreciate for, you inviting me for this. No, you're totally welcome. You're totally welcome. Um, and you know, this, and this, this officially brings the end to season one of my podcast. And I, I, I'm excited, but <laughs> I also, it. I, yeah, I also don't know what I'm going to do for season two. I, you know, I, I, there's a lot of ideas that I had, uh, you know, um, maybe, maybe what I'll mention right, right now is, is I was going to talk about this kind of afterwards, but, um, just to briefly drop this now, because I'm, I'm sure everyone is sticking around for this whole <laughs> three hour marathon episode. Uh, but you know, one of the, one of the challenges that I came across in this podcast, uh, the, one of the successes I learned from it was how much, what it takes to put this podcast together and, and put something together for this. And I can only imagine, you know, helping, you know, me going through this kind of really made me, um, develop a lot of empathy for the writers at the time, putting the show together because they're sitting down at the, you know, January or February, trying to plan something that would air September, October, 
you know, and, and they would ha and they, so the first few months were all about planning these episodes, these stories, trying to come up with a line, lining up locations, lining up, um, you know, uh, the, the, the actors that they would have to, that they would need, you know, like, like there's a lot that goes into these productions. Like we, you know, we rank them pretty, pretty, you know, casually on this, on this tier ranking list, but, you know, even twin dilemma, even, uh, time in the Ronnie took, you know, a ton of effort to just put together, to put those together, you know? And, um, so putting this podcast together really helped me develop empathy for how something this creative gets put together. Um, but I did want to say that the challenge, what, one of the challenges is what I started at is that it took, it takes, it took me a long time to put each story together, you know, making notes for every story took me hours and hours to go through. Like, I think it took me, uh, two or three weeks to put together my notes for the war games because it was, you know, I, I sat down and, oh my goodness, 12 episodes that I'm going to have to go through. And, you know, like I, and, and go, you know, going into season two of this podcast, I don't know if I'm going to do it the same way. Like, because I don't, I don't have enough data to, to know if, the format of the show is okay or if if the for if the format of the show is is what's not working with it like i i don't know what what's connecting with people when they download this when they want to listen to it so i don't know if they want or to what's hear not connecting with people so, or yeah. what's not right like i mean are they like is is the backstory interesting to anyone other than me and you um like like the behind the scenes stuff like is that is that in, of interest to anybody um or is my is my long you know, recaps of each episode of each story, not done in the most interesting way, right? Like, is it, uh, it, so there's a few things I want to try and, and play with during my planning of season two. I do want to do a season two. I just, I'm not sure what kind of theme I want to go with yet, but I, I do want to, I do want to get back to it because I had a really great time putting this show together and yeah. Well, I, maybe people can uh, email you in and, Make yeah. Suggestions. <laughs> hey, it's funny you mentioned that, Colin. How would they do that? They would do that what? by writing to <laughs> mailbag at summonsfromgallifrey.com. And, or you can hit me up on Twitter at, at EUZWA, e E-Y-U-Z-W-A. And, you know, any ideas that you might have or feedback for the show would be greatly appreciated. And I'll read and go through everything and see how I can use that for planning of season two. Excellent. Awesome. But I had a really great time today. Uh, thank you but again, I, Colin, for coming thank on. Thank you. Awesome. It was a lot of fun. I hope we can do it more in the future. Yeah. And yeah. Anytime. We'll take it from there. Have a good day, everyone. Thanks. Peace.